Hey gang, this is Kelly without Sarah. I just wanted to jump in at the beginning of the episode with a couple production notes before we get into the good, good episode that you're about to hear. Uh, You're going to notice in like the first 20 minutes that you can hear my AC unit go into town. I forgot to turn it off, but it gets better after that, I promise. Uh, We also recorded this episode in a new space, and so there's a little bumps and taps that you're going to be hearing, and I hope that doesn't distract you, but we'll fix it next time. And yes, Helga's snores do make another appearance. Uh, I think that's it. Except, happy birthday, Sarah. I love you so fucking much. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh huh. All right, burn all the ships. Okie doke. Welcome to Can We Just Say, a guilty pleasure podcast for airing grievances and sharing your passions. I'm Sarah. And I'm Kelly. And. It's almost my birthday. Tomorrow's my birthday, and I'm so excited. I'm so excited. That's not a guilty pleasure. It's just a pleasure pleasure. I'm so excited. Yeah, but you're a guilty pleasure of mine, and I'm very happy that you were born. Yeah. I'm just... I love birthdays. I'm a big fan of birthdays, and I like that mine is, like, five months after Christmas, so, like... Not to be, like, greedy, but also I love that I can expect presents, like, halfway through the year. I'm the same way. That's why I like having my dead-in-the-summer birthday. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. But I'm not a birthday person, honestly. Yeah, you don't really make a big deal about your birthday. And in my family, I think because all of our birthdays, well, except for Jimmy's, (laughs) are all, like, right next to each other, it always feels like the beginning of summer is, like, birthday season. And so it's, like... Birthday, birthday, birthday constantly. And then, like, three months later in September, Jimmy has a birthday, too. <laughs> but that was kind of Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy's here, too. Yeah. But it's always fun because, like, everyone's happy and there's always, like, a party to go to or something. I really like that mm-hmm. a lot. But before we get into birthday stuff, do you have birthday any neighborhood stuff? <laughs> do you have you any neighborhood first. watches? So my only neighborhood watch this week was um, yesterday. I took a walk. Oh, no, I took a bike ride because I wanted a cool breeze. In while this 90-degree yeah, muggy, awful weather. Well, it was very muggy. I thought a cool breeze would be nice on my bike. And it was. It was actually refreshing. But so I'm on my bike, and I'm going down this, like, hillish part, like where the river and railroad meet, right? Yes, so, like, it. the roads always kind of taper down, decline, right, into that area. And so I'm going pretty fast, and all of a sudden I hear this, like, in the corner of my ear, and I was, like, looking around because I don't want to hit anyone or anything. I thought it was somebody on, like, a rascal or whatever. (laughs) But, no, it's this guy who I thought was sitting on, like, a luge or whatever because he's coming downhill. But, no, he comes up, he passes me because I'm, like, riding politely, (laughs) and he passes me, and he's on a hoverboard, the ones where you, like, stand on them. Mm-hmm. But he's sitting on it in one of in like a little like he's got two little wheels in the front and he's got these little handles that he operates like a luge, right? And so he's got his feet propped up on these little tiny wheels and then the slightly bigger hover wheels is the what he's sitting on. And he's like and he's like going around um the corners of the sidewalk and he's like he was so preoccupied with showing me how cool he was that he actually went into the grass a couple of times, which cracked me up. And then we get to the actual railroad crossing where that bridge is, and I go right over it, easy as you please, but he had to stop his 
hoverboard because the wheels would have gotten stuck. It would have been like standing. <laughs> like I'm imagining like um, rollerblade wheels. Yeah, it's it's the one the hoverboard that came out where it's like yeah you you use the pads mm-hmm. of your feet to like mm-hmm. move it. So it's really tiny wheels, and so he had to stop get climb up out of this thing and he was only like three inches off of the ground like that's how low this hoverboard is and then like really embarrassingly drag it across the the railroad tracks and then get back in it and i just was like and i laughed like for the next half mile on my bike i was like this is so ridiculous it's really funny to me that i don't know if they just get this self-conscious or like self-aware of themselves by every person that they pass, but it reminds me of when we saw Kickflip the first time, and you're yeah. like, oh, this is that fucking guy. Mm-hmm. And then he immediately just ate shit on, like, there was no obstacles. He had yeah. already gone over that hill. He got in front of us on the paved path with no other people and then just whoop, wiped out. That's one of my, actually, I will say that's a guilty pleasure of mine is I love watching people who, like, think they're hot shit eat shit. Yeah. And I'm like, well... What were you expecting was going to happen? I'm just trying to ride my bike, and you're trying to, like, shoot your shot and be cool, and then it's not cool to drag your hoverboard across the railroad tracks, my friend. But (laughs) thanks anyway. (laughs) So, yeah, that was my local neighborhood watch. But my home neighborhood watch. So I went for Memorial Day weekend. I wanted to be safe, and so I went and isolated with my family in our hometown, Um, And we just stayed home and, like, reconnected and everything. And they've been quarantining. But we went on a bike ride near um, Morrow Road. And we have, like, the Morrow Road. Yeah, I was going to say, were you guys going there to listen to guys? Well, (gasps) so. No. We went on a ride. And it was, like, midday. And it was hot and sweaty and, and everything. We went on a bike ride, me and my parents, and as we're turning this corner to come back onto Morrow Road, I look in the corner of my eye, and in a, in the ditch, in the middle of the woods, there was a naked baby doll abandoned in the ditch, like, on Beaver Dam Creek. Are you kidding? Yeah. No, I'm not kidding. I was <laughs> yes. like, pumped. I, <laughs> I made this up. No, I was just like, I like... <gasps> And I wanted to stop, but, like, my parents didn't give a shit, and they didn't see it. And I was like, wait, did I Are you sure it was a doll? And you just... I'm pretty sure it was a baby didn't doll. Didn't see a ghost baby it in looked, the ditch? It was very bright. It looked like a plastic baby doll. But that led me into, like, looking back into the Morrow Road ghost story. And, like, today... So, spoiler alert for everyone else... I asked Kelly to do my tarot cards as part of my birthday because, like, she's gotten me much more into, like, supernatural and, like, astrology and and all that kind of stuff. And so I also thought it was so, like, kismet Mm -hmm. that I saw this crazy baby doll. I was like, oh, oh, the more of it goes. That's, like, probably the most you've been creeped out because your dad used to take you guys there and be like, isn't it scary? Yeah, so that's what I was going to do for this little beginning part is, like, retell like my version that I've heard of the moral world ghost and maybe you have a version that you've heard Uh because like it was a big story when we were like big local back in our hometown and like people have tried to make it'd be like the Mothman in like uh West Virginia and like western Pennsylvania Yeah, yeah yeah so it's a very popular local legend in our area and um and I've grown up 
uh, like adjacent to that road. And so, yeah, my dad always got super into it. And every Halloween, we'd have to go down the road. And, and so the story is that, like, it was a woman. There's a ton of stories. But the one that I remembered was that it was a woman in, like, the 1800s had an illegitimate child and, like, abandoned the baby in the woods, in this woods that I grew up in, um, near a creek on Morrow Road, like, on a bridge somewhere, like, left it under a bridge, but then felt guilty for abandoning it, and it was crying, and she could hear it, and it was, like, haunting her, and so then she comes back to look for him, but she couldn't find him, and she's, like, wandering the woods, and it must have been winter time, and they both died of hypothermia, and now, like, her ghost has been seen. I've never seen anything ghostly in our woods, Mm -hmm. Um, except for, like, you know, you hear a lot of stuff in the woods anyway, but it's usually, like, your neighbor practicing shooting his AR-15 on his, like, back 40 or whatever. Not ghosts, right? So, um, but yeah, so supposedly people have seen her or, like, if you go to the bridge, although that road has been through so many different iterations of, like, paving and unpaving yeah, and, and so stuff. We should also preface this by bridge just means there's a culvert yeah. and a railing. There was no That's bridge. That's it. There's no... Yeah. There's no major running water under yeah. this road. No. It is literally just a passing for It's a, a creek, yeah. yeah, and a culvert. Mm-hmm. And so supposedly you can go to the woods and honk your horns three times and you're supposed to hear like a baby crying in the woods. And so my dad it doesn't believe in any of this stuff, but he also just like loves a joke, loves a bit. He's always working on a bit. And so every year on Halloween, we would go that way to go into town and he would turn off the lights and turn off the van and honk the horn. And this was back when there were, like, no houses on that street. It was just, like, us and, like, four other families. Mm-hmm. And so it would be, like, nobody around. And no lights. But, like, yeah. we didn't give a shit because we were, like, um, why are we doing this before candy? You know candy time is right now, right? And we don't live in a neighborhood where you can walk house to house. And so we'd always have to go into town. And we're, like... Dad, can we please, please just go get candy? We can do this after. Like, I don't care. You can creep me out after we get candy, though. But, like, candy, please. And he'd be like, oh, I think I hear something. Do you guys hear anything? And I was like, I hear my stomach growling. Please, can we go get candy? But I, like, I... <laughs> I hear a baby crying. Yeah, it's us. Because we me. want some fucking candy. I'm crying. Please, can we please leave? And, like... So for me, it never felt, like, scary. Um, and also, like, I grew up as a skeptic anyway. Like, not a, not a like, harsh skeptic, but just, like, I've never had experiences, and so I don't have anything, any reason to believe. Um, and so I was always convinced that if it were me, and not if it were me, but I can see some people who live on that street, like, setting up a boombox and, like, a baby cries or, like, a Halloween CD with screams or whatever and just, like, cranking it in the woods on Halloween because they know that people do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they have, like, hay rides that go through there. Like, it's kind of not a touristy thing because it's only the people that live in that area that come to try to do this, but I could see somebody absolutely being like, well, let's just just fuck around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but I've always just loved that we do have that little, our little claim to 
the supernatural. I do, and it's interesting how far it actually went. I, I think there's actually a documentary about it. Somebody was trying to fund a movie. There's, yeah. like, a screenplay, and it's been on a lot of, like, um, most haunted play, Like, a lot of those TLC and Bravo-style shows and History Channel and Discovery. Not, like, a ton, and it doesn't have enough of a story, I don't think, to be on its own. No, not to hold and it. There's not been, like, a ghost hunters about it or anything, but I think it shows up on, like, haunted places in Michigan or whatever mm-hmm. like that. But, yeah, I just, I thought that was very funny that I was like, oh, I wonder if somebody planted that there, because they had to have. Right. Right. Yeah. Unless it's a haunted baby doll. Unless, like, it was a kid with her doll and she got scared. She was like, this will keep you company. <laughs> just threw it into the ditch. But no, I tried to get somebody to, like, get excited about this. Because I told my parents, and they were like, whatever. And then I told my brother. I was like, hey, guess what I just saw? And he's like, I don't give a shit about this. And I was like, okay, Kelly will care about this. So I will tell Kelly. Absolutely, I'll care about this. So that was my exciting I'm a slut for the supernatural. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and so do we want to get right into it? Because we have a lot of stuff to cover, right? We do, and, like, it may take longer than, because I, I spent probably, like, three or four hours yesterday researching all of this. That's so cool. Um, and so I could talk about it forever. That's the problem if you get me on, a like, a tear about supernatural or things like that I'm so interested in, mm-hmm. I will just go down a rabbit hole, and it's very hard to pull me out of it. So today, consolidating my notes, I was like, I should get rid of all this other stuff. So I do have so much to say. I just, uh, we'll see where it leads us. Because okay. this may give us an interesting jumping off point just because, like, I've been so busy with work and also it's been so ridiculously hot outside. I have no stories of the outside world. No. All you have is what I've been doing in my yeah. space. Well, I haven't the- gone to the store. I haven't left this yard. Mm-hmm. And the... The minimal people watching I've done has been seeing my across-the-street neighbor shirtless. Um, And also, okay, I will, here's my one, (laughs) my one neighborhood watch, but it's people watching me. Oh. I'm, uh, I, this was also keeping me up last night. I think my neighbors think I might be a cam girl. Really? (laughs) Like, this is my own theory that I'm projecting. Okay, but how? Like, what are you doing in the... In the space of your windows, that is... <laughs> well, we already have established that I, like, don't wear pants yeah. and things like that. But, so, the the story of the people that live next door to me is it used to be a very sweet elderly woman. She was getting too old to live on her own, so she moved away with her son. Mm-hmm. But by turn, his daughter and her roommates, who are going to the local college, moved in. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I have very, very young women living next door to me. Um, but the only times they, well, I've told them before because they've mentioned to me, they leave all hours of the night. They must all do like third shift stuff. Like they work fast food and stuff like that. Um, and so I've said to them before when they moved in, like, oh, it's fine. I work from home. I'm always here. If you need anything, don't worry about it. And over the past week, the only times they've seen me outside, I'm laying in my hammock with my phone up here, (laughs) and I'm recording things like talking to you or talking to our group chat. I'm sending all of this stuff, or they're hearing me like giggling at my own ideas or like memes that I'm looking at. 
or I've been taking my computer and working outside. But in order to work outside, I've been wearing this like very lightweight dress, mm. which comes like just under my butt, I and do it love flaps that dress. in the wind, yeah. and I just lay there on my stomach with like my feet up in the air, and I'm just like <laughs> in front of my computer, and I, was, I took a step back, and I was like, they just talked, brought their dogs out to go to the bathroom and they saw me sitting here just like giggling and like <laughs> listening to music and I'm working from home quote unquote they're probably like what does she do for work though the, the way that I've projected myself in the yeah, last yeah, week yeah. is that I'm a cam girl mm-hmm. which I am not meanwhile, don't ask for my OnlyFans yes no thank you <laughs> um, meanwhile yeah I've been doing the same thing where I'm so sick of being in my house that I'm taking all my calls out on the deck and like, I, I have them too. on speakerphone, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, well, I hope everyone wants me to hear me updating my mom on what boring shit I did this week because that's what I'm doing. And also, my mom's boring shit because she's on speakerphone. Yep. Enjoy. So hope you guys are here for this show because it's boring as shit. Oh, the, what did you do today? Nothing. What did you do today? Nothing. The other neighborhood watch that of myself that my block got to see was the other night it was getting late and so I like to take Helga out before it gets too dark because then I can actually find her because she likes to go off and sniff bushes Mm -hmm. and I look up into the sky and there is a cloud that looks like a shrimp that was very fun actually (laughs) and so I didn't take my phone or anything with me so I'm standing in the middle of my yard alone and I look up and I go (gasps) And then I just sprint into the house. I don't close the door. I just throw it open. I find my phone because clouds can move very fast. And I sprint back outside right into the middle of my yard. And I stand there and I yell, shrimp, heaven, no, which is a joke, which is a stupid bit from another podcast that we listen to. One of my favorite bits, though. It is so fucking funny. The only bit I like from them more than Shrimp Heaven Now is Glass Shark. Mm Mm-hmm. McElroy's, like, I'll say it. McElroy's Brothers, if you guys go on YouTube and you just Google Glass Shark, Mabim Bam, it makes me laugh cry. Like, laugh until I cry every single time I listen to it. Yes. I love it so much. Same. And so, yeah, I did that. And so, in order to get the effect of the bit, you have to scream. Yes, it can't be right. just whispered. It has to it be. It has to be screamed like from a powerful position. Yes. yes. And so, I was sending this on to Sarah, the only person who could appreciate my bit, and Snapchat was too slow to start recording my excitement, and so it just said, heaven now! (laughs) And I was like, oh no, that's not the full bit. So I had to scream it again. And everyone's out, like, barbecuing, because this was, like, the day after Memorial Day. They're all still barbecuing and cutting their grass, and I'm just out there screaming into the ether. (laughs) Who gives a shit? I don't. I don't at all anymore. I'm surprised you haven't seen more of your neighbors screaming into the void of the sky Within this quarantine. Honestly, it would give me life if I saw across the street, if they came out and he was just like, fuck. Because he's so even keeled all the time. When he breaks down, then I know it's bad. Yeah. Okay. So all of that is to say that, yeah, um, I'm ready to get into it. And then we can get into some more, like, seeing where this leads. um, Yeah. Maybe you'll have just some things to say in general about what comes up. Because I'm very interested 
to hear well, what you want to say. Well, do you want to talk at least a little bit about... I I took a picture of my cards. So we did my cards yesterday so mm-hmm. that um, you had time to actually, like, analyze what they meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you were telling me about, like, why you like this deck or why you got into tarot in the first place. Do you want to just give, like, a little brief intro first? Yes. I okay. would love to do that. Cause, yeah, because this is something you're really passionate about and mm-hmm. you do, like, you dabble in yourself, but you also do readings... Like, with people all the time? like Or not all the time, but, like, you've had your cards read mm-hmm. by somebody yes. else before. Yeah. yeah. So, um, like Sarah said, I have always been a super woo-woo-y, supernatural kind of person. And it's definitely because of my mom. Uh, all of my ghost stories, except for, like, two as an adult, have come from my mom being, like, hey, you used to tell me this when you were a kid. Like, mm. you've definitely seen ghosts. and Not I've seen ghosts, but you've seen ghosts. Right? Which is weirder. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, because then it's like she's projecting onto me, like, my new belief. Yeah. But I totally ran with it. and But it was also just because, like, the way that my mom has always approached it has never been, like, you were really creepy as a kid. Like, you really creeped me out. She's always found it as a place of comfort. And she even, she has weird experiences all the time, just an off side. Like, these are the sweet, sweet things that happen to my mother that are supernatural. My grandmother passed away last April, and that following summer, my mom was, like, really struggling, and she was really missing my grandma, and she was just kind of like, man, this really sucks. I wish I could use my mom right now. And I had just come down for a visit to see her, and after I left for the weekend, she sent me a text message and was like, why did you get the Bible out? Which I don't. Neither of you, yeah. Yeah, neither of us. We just, I think my mom, She well, she went to a Lutheran school growing up, and so just as, like, out of how sacrilegious would it be to, like, pitch it or, like, mm-hmm. donate it, she just kept it. Right? I have that guilt, too. There's yeah. a lot of youth Bibles in my childhood bedroom back home that I'm like, I'm not taking this with me, but I'm not going to be the one to throw away a Bible. <laughs> Exactly. I just can't. So it's just going to live here forever. Bye, Mom and Dad. Thanks. I'm not taking this with me. Exactly. So that's yeah. always been her approach because my mom is not a religious person mm-hmm. at all. And But at the house, the Bible has always been on this bookshelf. And so she was like, well, the Bible was pulled out, and it was sitting on top of the bookshelf, and there's a letter poking out of it. Oh. And it was a letter from my grandmother to my mom on her 21st birthday that was just like, I'm so proud of you. Oh, wow. You're turning into such a beautiful young woman. You're so smart. I can't wait to see where you go. And so it was just like this nice little memory. Yeah, like her. a little reminder of yeah. her love for you. That is so cool. I love that. And so, yeah, my mom gets that shit all the mm-hmm. time. And so I was like, Mom, that's fucking weird. And she's like, I think it's so sweet and so comforting. Like, she's just watching over me. So that is the imprint of, mm-hmm. like, that supernatural stuff is good. Yeah. And that sometimes there are people that really love you that have passed on that are still looking out for you and they want you to have little reminders for yourself. Um, And so it's kind of the same thing like Andy when he sees a cardinal and he's like, that's my dad. Yeah, and he like brings it up all the the time and he's not, I wouldn't say he's a very supernatural person either, Mm -mm. but he gets a lot of comfort from that and I think that's the cool thing about that supernatural element and not all supernatural stuff is like negative and scary and Or anti-religious even, Mm -hmm. like like, there's a lot of miracles, and, and, like, people feel that they've gotten signs, and so, like, 
supernatural doesn't always have to mean like satanic or creepy or scary or negative, right? Exactly. I think it's just yeah, you're tuned into the world and maybe you're paying a little bit more attention to than other people and and I right. like that feeling that I've been getting the last couple of years where I'm like, "Oh, I didn't notice the pattern in my behaviors or in my personality traits or in my growth that like other people have been noticing for eons and it's really interesting." Yeah, so that brings me to like I wrote a couple disclaimers because I feel like things especially like fortune telling or anything that has to do with prophecy, especially tarot cards, I think people have a really, not necessarily negative, but just skeptical reaction to. They always come up with things like, oh, well, that's just because you must have been talking before this happened, and they knew how to like lead you in the right direction, and things like that. But I bought this tarot deck because I found a book um, just also by happenstance. It's one of those things that it just kind of fell into my lap. Mm -hmm. I think it was a recommended, like, cookie ad to me. Oh, wow. It was one of those things where it was like, you look at all this weird woo-woo shit, you'd probably like this book. And it's just a collection of essays. It's called The Rust Belt Arcana. And a man just looked at the 22 cards of the major arcana and he found either flora or fauna or just situations in general that happen in the Rust Belt that can correlate to those cards and what that means. And it's not, it's actually not supernatural or woo-woo at all. It has mostly to do with like, this is really important and we need to maintain the conservancy of the Rust Belt region. It has Mm -hmm. a lot to do with the Great Lakes and all of the tributaries that run off from that. And obviously, since we're in Michigan, I'm incredibly passionate about all of those things. Me too, right? I'm a slut for Nature Conservancy. Exactly. And also just like, na- like these cards, I'm going to post a picture of the cards that I pulled. Mm-hmm. They're just so beautiful in like their flora and fauna. Like I love a scientific illustration. Mm-hmm. I just love all that stuff. And I love learning about plants. And I'm like my own little brand of like hedge witch woo girl, right? Because I'm not so into like ghosts and fortune telling and stuff as much as I am like herbal remedies and like how can I find a natural way to help myself with an herb rather than like a medicine or like which plants are good for which other plants or and, mm-hmm. and just like I love having a garden and I bought like a an encyclopedia of medicinal herbs because of like I got super into Outlander and that's all like Claire does in that book is she's mm-hmm. like, Oh, willow bark is like old timey aspirin and so if you drink willow bark tea like it helps with pain relieving and I'm like oh my god this is so cool so yeah I also am like super into that kind of stuff but in like my own little vein right you have your vein and I have my vein and I think that's also really cool that this overarching blanket of supernatural has so many little tributaries right and even oh I think a lot of I'm very very superstitious Mm -hmm. Um, and also people think that superstition is really silly, but it goes back forever. It's, you're just trying to have an active control over an uncontrollable felt mm-hmm. life. And I think that this deck specifically spoke to me because I grew up with my dad who never held like a traditional job. He was a hunter fisher gatherer. Mm-hmm. That was it. And so 
my mom had a traditional job of a teacher and was gone all the time. So when I was dropped off at the bus, he'd be like, well, let's go. We got to go check our traps or we got to go hunting or do whatever. And we would take these walks through the woods and he would give me these like clues. If you see this, then you should look for this. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what either the signs of the universe are telling you. When you're trying to follow your intuition, just look closer. You know, whenever you take a walk in the woods, you usually stick to whatever pre-made path is there. Mm -hmm. But if you look over to the side, you see snakes or you see a deer run or you see where a deer was trying to get his felt off of... Uh, when he was shedding. And yeah, so, and the bark is so worn away. you see different stories that are happening alongside of you. Mm-hmm. And I treat supernatural happenings the same way. Yeah. So, we're going to have to pause so I can get another drink <laughs> before okay. we get into no, this. No, no, no. That's good. Yeah, we'll pause. We'll pause for now. Okay. Yeah, before we get into it, I want to, well, no, forget it. I, I'll tell, I'll share this after because it'll be a good jumping off point. Okay. Okay. Um, so, yeah, before I read back to you all of the things that I've been researching, I want to give a couple disclaimers. Uh-huh. Because, like you said, this is something that's very passionate to me, but I've only had this deck or have been actually... I've always been interested in the idea of it, but it's only been within the last year that I have bought this and have been actually researching it and yeah. using it. Mm-hmm. And I don't do this for other people. You're the first person I've done this for. No, and I'm so excited because, like, I knew it was a passion project of yours, and I figured, like, a birthday is, like, a significant enough event that... Honestly, I think that was the my favorite part about it is because... Like I said, I'm learning, so I'm doing it to myself. Mm-hmm. And so I use these cards as a tool of self-reflection and meditation. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to predict my future. I'm not trying to figure it out. Whenever I have a problem, I take the cards and I just I think about it really heavily. And it's funny because I usually have a card in mind that I want to see. It's almost like when you... Um, it's like that superstition of like, ooh, well, if a car drives by right now, that means that like... Yeah, you're looking for a sign or you're like manifesting it. Yeah, or, or like the, yeah. like she loves me, she loves me not of mm-hmm. like plucking off rose petals. Like you kind of like count a little yeah. bit just to try and get the outcome that you want. Or like we were talking, I can't remember if we were talked on the podcast or not. We were talking about like when you used to play MASH yes, as a kid, exactly. right? And you'd be like miscounting on purpose so you got the right answers and it's like so you're just trying to make it but I can see that reading your own cards would be very biased because you are trying to like well like I really want to see this or I've been really thinking about this and so I hope that I get something that answers that question or Or I hope it's positive like this feels really negative I want a positive card which leads me into my second disclaimer which is the same kind of skepticism that people have for tarot is that, oh, well, they just know what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people may be biased. Not that we have so many listeners that are going to be like, well, this is some fake mm-hmm. bullshit. You guys are trying to peddle some whatever. But it's very obvious that I know you very well. Yeah. And I know, like, most of what you've been going mm-hmm. through and you share your feelings with me. And so a lot of what I'm about to read is going to feel... Like, I am just retelling you things that you yeah, told me. Yeah. 
but it's not. Like, I'm going to say, like, the orientation, I'm going to say the cards, everything. I used the three sources that I always consult to study my cards Mm -hmm. to say the same things back to you. Okay. And that's also to say that I left everything in. I didn't cherry pick anything Mm -hmm. because I found that in my own growth or my own use of these cards the most beneficial things to me have been when I've pulled those cards where it's like, oh, I didn't want this one, or, oh, I don't even know what this is. Yeah. Because even if I read what it means at the time, I'm going, oh, well, that was bullshit. But then it lives in my brain for so long that my values or my my thoughts on whatever I was thinking completely change. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I wanted to do for you. Well, and really, like, also kind of a disclaimer for me is that I think we've talked openly about that, too. We're both kind of in the mood for change. And mm-hmm. it was kind of a, a stymie to us that the quarantine happened and we're isolating and mm-hmm. and everything's kind of on pause because 2020 was kind of the year that we were both like... We spent New Year's Eve together and we kept screaming, this is our year! I know, like, <laughs> New Year, new me. I'm so excited to, like, go off and, like, be... 100 me yeah Yeah. and and like just be who i am and and let it all hang out and then the world was like up 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 exactly no not and so like we're both coming from that place and so also me reading into this and also there another impetus for wanting my tarot read is that i do i want to kind of like Get yeah. some inspiration and meditate on, like, why I want to make changes to my life and, and why. And, like, get some reaffirmation reaffir- of, like, what's in the future or, like, what could be. Or, like, just get some excitement for changes, and, I think. And also, I think right now, like you said, we are stuck in this space where you are confined to the same small group of people. Mm-hmm. So you're not... M- meeting as many people that will challenge your beliefs Mm -hmm. you're like we hang out we decided to be quarantine buddies yeah and so i get to hear your problems all the time and i probably keep regurgitating the same things back to you and i'm not going to come back and be like actually you know what whatever you said to me yesterday (laughs) like here's a new perspective so i think that this even though i'm the one doing it for you is kind of an unbiased view or input to whatever you have and you can like Mm -hmm. take the advice or leave it that is just there yeah and then my last disclaimer is uh tarot is sort of a story that it always starts from a past place and goes to the present and then the future Mm -hmm. and so um a lot of the things that i'm just going to be like telling you i'm going to try and transition through each one and i'm going to be trying to tell this linear story but if you have questions or comments at any time like stop me even though it sounds like I'm like doing a monologue Mm -hmm. okay here we go I don't have a problem interrupting you I I know you don't I just wanted to yeah say that and also just like probably the way that I'm gonna be narrating this is different from how we usually talk to yeah I'm I'm so excited for this I'm also excited to just like hear you do it because I've never had my tarot read ever I have one time, and so that's what I was going to, like, preface this with, but I think it'll be better if we share our experiences about it yeah. at the end. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. okay. I also uh, wanted to just give a very, very, very brief 
tarot overview just of mm-hmm. what the deck is itself because I think a lot of people just don't know what it entails and I'm going to be using a lot of words that will they'll be like but what is that I'm also that person right. so that's fine perfect okay <laughs> so every tarot deck has 78 cards total there is 22 major arcana cards and then subsequent 56 minor arcana cards the, mi- the minor cards are broken up into four suits, just like a deck of playing cards. Oh, that's fun. So, and they even have corresponding things. So I can't remember which is which, but I think, like, diamonds is pentacles, and it doesn't matter. Oh, but, okay. But it's and the I same. I see, like, wands here, and yeah. Yes. Okay. So it's the same idea where there's suits. But the four suits, which is wands, pentacles, cups, and swords, correspond to different elements Mm -hmm. so for example your first card is wands which is a fire element okay pentacles is earth uh swords is air and then cups is water that was my guess you did i saw your eyes going up because you were like (laughs) give me the information am i right (laughs) i figured like cup cup of water that was my thought and so um that in itself just gives it its own power or something to think about Mm -hmm. at an additional level because all of those elementals also go into astrology. So something like if you get a pentacle card, which is an earth sign, you can think that's like a Taurus, which is mm-hmm. strong and sturdy. And like it just gives you another visual of what you're dealing with. I have to burp. <coughs> I'm sorry. That's a big one. <laughs> it was so strong. So you put your hands on your hips like, ah. Well, during the break, I said, there's a burp stuck in me, like there's a sneeze stuck on in me, and that was yeah, it. That okay. was it. It came out. Okay. So, I looked up different spreads, <clears throat> and the I think the largest spread that you can usually do is 12, and I had you do 7, which was focusing on, oh, this is the other disclaimer I wanted to give that went along with how well we know each other. Mm-hmm. I told you this spiel when I handed you the deck. I was like, I want you to think of where you were on your last birthday, mm-hmm. where you are now, and where you want to be at your next birthday. And everything in between, anything that's bothering you, what you think mm-hmm. your problems are, just shuffle these cards until you feel that you're done. Yeah. And then I walked away from you. It's not like I was sitting there being like, are you done? Are you done? I went back to work. Yeah, because that was the part that you were saying mm-hmm. is it feels uncomfortable to have someone watch you do it. But mm-hmm. but like you told me to shuffle until I felt done. And it was. It was like a very meditative and peaceful moment to just be sitting here and like shuffling and thinking and shuffling and thinking. And yeah, I got to the end of my thoughts and I was like, Yeah. I feel done. One of my absolute, uh, that is my absolute favorite part of the process, honestly, because it sounds very strange to say, but you do know when you're done. Yeah. It feels right. And it kind of reminds me of um, kind of having something in your hands that you kind of, like a like a fidget. It's not like a fidget spinner. It's something that's, yeah, more tangible where you're yeah. all constantly working it over in your hand. Like you're just trying to figure it out and you're fidgeting with it. And so the cards are just a tool. You're sitting there and you're playing with something while something is bothering Mm -hmm. you. And then you feel like you've thought all your thoughts and you don't need to fidget with it anymore. And you put it down. Yeah. And I love that. It did. It was a very cool feeling. Yes. So um, 
what really struck me about when you were putting it down, because I was like giving commentary, I want, I like wanted you to deal them out in front of me. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want you to shuffle them in front of me. So then when you were dealing them out, I was like, ooh, this is nice. This is good. And I'm like, I don't know what this means. I don't know what any of these things mean. But like the thing that I thought was so interesting is, so as I mentioned, there are 22 major arcana and 56 minor. So if you think about the odds of which mm-hmm. one you're going to get, you're going to get more minor. Yeah. But you have five out of seven I know. are major. Yeah. Which is so interesting. So when that happens, it's showing that you have a really, really strong desire for something. Ooh. Because the major arcana tells a journey. Yeah. And there's a protagonist in it, and he's going through all of these stages of I'm life. I'm so into the storytelling. <laughs> I'm so excited for this. <laughs> and so... Whatever you were thinking about, because that's also the other caveat here, you didn't tell me after you were done shuffling what you were thinking about. Mm -hmm. I can infer whatever I think about your life, but you did not bring anything up. Mm -hmm. But this has nothing to do with outside forces. This is a very, very personal story. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, starting from your first card to your last card, we have... The first three are reversed, yeah. which tend to have very, not necessarily negative, but very challenging representations in mm-hmm. them. And the first three cards are, well, the first two are your past, we have your present, and then on your fourth card, you turn upright, and you stay upright until your seventh yeah, card. Yeah, that is really interesting. Yeah. So it's a very interesting shift in your, yeah. in your life story. We have the first card that you drew is the Four of Wands reversed. Before I get into um, the representations of it being reversed or the Four of Wands in general, I just want to tell you a little bit more about wands since Mm -hmm. that's where you're starting out at. Mm -hmm. I already told you that they're a fire element, but they represent, since they are such a fiery, passionate suit, they represent primal energy, spirituality, inspiration, determination, and strength. Okay. And in other suits where people are represented rather than flora and fauna and natural elements, they usually have people with small seedlings that are growing. Mm. And so you can see that they have the means and they have the ideas and they're trying to figure out how to get this thing to keep going and not to just completely fall apart, Mm -hmm. right? This card specifically in this deck is a tulip tree. Ooh. And they are in bloom from May through June. Look at that! Isn't that the coolest? That's the coolest! That's so fun! They are incredibly low maintenance, but they have really, really shallow roots. So if they see a storm coming, if if they're not braced they can be taken out. Their limbs or their complete root system can just Mm -hmm. be torn out of the ground. So the Four of Wands reversed specifically has key meanings of personal celebration, inner harmony, but also conflict with others and a strong transition. I mean, yeah, (laughs) that's about right. So the way that this is reading is that at this point last year on your birthday, you were incredibly uncertain of your future. You were restless. You went out and you collected all of the things that you thought you needed 
to make a house and you went out and you collected all of these sticks and you built your stick house, but now you're kind of seeing that it's not as sturdy as you thought it was. So you put in kind of like a three little pigs situation. Mm -hmm. There's something out there blowing on the foundation of your house in your house of sticks mm -hmm. and you have a fight or flight moment. Do I just like sit here and see what happens or do I go out and I find out what makes a stronger foundation? That for me. is so interesting. Yeah. Because that is, I mean, like, <clears throat> that's literally what I've been going through at work. Like, I've been very frustrated. And I don't know that it was, like, last year on my birthday, but for the last calendar year and the last school year, I've definitely had those, like, fight or flight moments. Like, is this worth fighting for? Or do I just want to move on? Or do mm -hmm. I want to do this? Do I want to do that? So that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. And so... This is, again, we're still talking in the past, mm -hmm. but the thing to remember about this is um, since it's a fire sign, fire is very good. It can cook our food for us. It can keep us warm. It can provide us comfort to look at, but if you're not tending to it, it will spiral out of control and mm -hmm. make a wildfire. So then here in the second position, you pulled the magician reversed. This is still you in the past. Yeah. And what I thought was just so, this was the first time I was like, ooh. <laughs> because, uh, again, I'll just speak a little bit about the magician himself. Mm -hmm. He is the number one position in the major arcana. There is somebody before him, which is called the fool, mm -hmm. which is represented by the number zero. I've heard of the fool. It's I my, know a It's my bit. favorite card. Yeah, I know a little bit about tarot, yeah. And the fool is just so eager for new adventure. He just blindly is going to, like, walk off of a cliff because he's like, la-di-da, mm -hmm. nothing bad can happen to me. I'm just going out into the world and see what happens. The magician is the first step, and he's going, okay, I need to be a little bit more careful now. And I'm just going to, like, work my magic and see what happens. So in this card in the Rust Belt deck that I have, you have a fisherman standing on the bank of a river with a very, very large pole, mm -hmm. which is his wand. He's yeah. ready to perform some magic. I do love that about this card. It's very cool. He And then there's a giant rainbow trout in the foreground. So you know that's what he wants. He is going out there, and he's trying to manifest this fish for himself. Mm -hmm. He's going to stand in the river up to his waist in frigid cold water, and perform this really silly ritual of waving a stick above his head and throwing hopelessly into the water that something will bite. Yeah. Right? I love this story. I'm just, sorry. I'm You're a very, slut for a story. I'm a slut for a story. I'm so struck by this. I'm so excited. But when it's reversed, you have to be very careful because the thing about magicians are they can either be a hero or they're a con man. Mm -hmm. They're just giving you what you Smoke want to see. Smoking mirrors. Exactly. Yeah. So here, the key meanings are trickery, manipulation, frustration, lack of clarity, feeling not seen, and underappreciated. You're doing all of this magic. You feel like, I am giving it my all. I am fireworks and doing this, and nobody's looking my way. Nobody's mm -hmm. noticing, right? Girl, story of my life, <laughs> can I just say. And so when this comes up in just a a spread of some sort, if it comes up in your present position, you ask yourself, what is blocking me from manifesting what I want? Is there an in a force that is pulling these invisible strings that is keeping me from, like, from my magic, from mm -hmm. reaching its full potential, right? Um, 
It could also mean that you had been trusting somebody or something that did not have your best interest at heart. Um, it could be like one of those street performers that has the ball in the cups. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ah, nope, I've been watching you this whole time. I know you. It's right here. But they've been misleading you the whole yeah. time. So, Well, uh, but that's a big part of, so like in the first card, the four of wands, you're talking about like feeling restless, right? And a lot of the reason I have been feeling restless is because I have been feeling undervalued and underappreciated at work because, yeah, I've, I'm kind of like a one-person head of department that's never been acknowledged as a head of department and mm-hmm. has been given all of these responsibilities that aren't my responsibility. And every time I try to give them back to the person that they're supposed to be, given to, they kind of just end up back in my lap. And that's a big reason why I've been unfulfilled and frustrated at work. It's like, Mm -hmm. I want things to go well, right? And if they get screwed up on the level above me, it's going to make a bigger headache for me. And like everyone has this idea or has this problem at work, right? You're higher up, is not doing their job, and that fucks up your job. Mm -hmm. And it makes it so much more frustrating. And so you're like, fine, I guess I'll do your job and my job. And that's not unique to me. It's what a lot of people struggle Mm -hmm. with. But it is. it doesn't mean it's any less frustrating when you're going through it. Absolutely. And also it can represent like a turning point, like you Mm -hmm. just said, where you finally realize like, hey, this is very unfair. And the card was up your sleeve the whole time. I don't trust you Mm -hmm. anymore. And then you can walk away. Even though it's reversed, the positive outcomes from this is you can look at it and go, okay, this is my time to explore. I'm working all of my magic and I'm not getting what I want. Is it really worth the effort or what can I change that would like make it actually come to me? Yeah. It encourages you to remember what your powers are, not what the powers are to help people outside of you because then you're manifesting for them and not for yourself yeah instead of the powers pushing on me what powers can i push out exactly yeah okay okay but negative if it's something that you've tried and failed at progressing in before you can just think it's never been possible like there's no way that you can turn water into wine Mm -hmm. why am i even bothering and just step away from it so that's a point where you have to Ask yourself, is it worth the effort? Mm-hmm. Is it possible? And it is. You just have to take trust in mm-hmm. yourself that what you want, you can still manifest as long as you direct your energy to the right place. Um, also, I just wrote this at the bottom because this was a side note that I saw. And just in case you were thinking of it, if you were thinking about your career at the time, it shows you have abundant talent, but you are not maximizing your potential. So, this is like... Giving me like chills. I'm so excited about this. Sarah, we're only on card two. I'm so excited. I don't care. I'm so excited. <laughs> I hope everyone's ready to like get deep in my emotions. Because oh, I'm all so deep. fucking ready to get in my emotions. So after the magician has been messing with his powers, we come into you in the third position, mm-hmm. which is also one of my absolute favorite cards. And usually when I have a problem, the chariot is what I want to see. And that's what you have here. Mm-hmm. And you have the chariot reversed, which I'm not saying is a bad thing at all, and we'll get into that. But first I want to talk about just the chariot card in general because I love it. It is, It represents a force of will and spiritual transformation. 
It shows, usually when it's not an animal, it shows a person in a literal chariot with a horse. He doesn't even have the reins. Like, it's just like he is on that, like, universe mind where he can just control what he mm. wants. And he's just like, do my bidding for me. Take me where I want to go. He's he's not idle just because he doesn't have the reins. He is, like, just so in control. He mm. is a self-driving car. Like, gotcha. whatever. I got it. Um, but the animal on this card for Rust Belt is a dragon hunter. I love that. Yes. And the great thing about a dragon hunter is their larval stage is four to seven years. Wow. So they live as this tiny little worm, our ugly little bitey beetle, Mm -hmm. in the mud, underwater, for four to seven years. They have to survive freezes. They have to survive thaws and runoff and fish trying to eat them. And then they have to crawl out of the water, and then they have to go through this metamorphosis and then they can finally fly, mm-hmm. right? So there's a lot of survival that comes before you can be a dragon hunter. Yes. But if you survive that dragon hunter, they can't be stopped. They've been seen to eat hummingbirds. Whoa. Yes. This is also just like a fun animal corner that it we've is. got. It is. That's like, why I love this because. I love this. I've never, I didn't, didn't know what a tulip tree looked like until I yeah. got this. So, yeah, a dragon hunter is a force to be reckoned with. They are these tiny little insects in the sky, but they go after prey as big or bigger than them. They a hummingbird s- is huge compared to a, like a dragonfly-sized yes. thing. That's crazy. They see it, and there's nothing that can stop them. They want it, and they eat and run. They don't stop and eat. They eat while they fly. That's crazy. And I will say, because I don't, you probably won't bring it up, but as soon as I saw that, it reminded me of them being like, Sharks of the sky. Hmm. So this is a shark Sarah moment. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm such a shark Sarah. Yeah. Yes. Test season is over, but shark Sarah remains. Exactly. Yeah. So they, yeah, just they are fearless and they devour whatever they want and they don't stop. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a chariot in general is just, I see my path, I want to go for it. But a chariot reversed is directionless and off course. Mm. They're roaming. This is saying that you are not the driver of the chariot anymore. You're either letting your horses get out of control or you're just being a passenger. And this is your moment to take the wheel back. Um, Your solution for getting off course is to just pick a destination and barrel towards it. There's going to be detours and roadblocks as you're trying to drive towards it. But you're a really good driver, and mm-hmm. you have all the tools to get around it. You can pull out your GPS or whatever, and you can find a new way around it. It's not going to turn you around and send you backwards. And then you also feel like ugh, it's just so inconvenient. It should be easier. Like, this is the most direct path. Mm-hmm. And so it's a moment to step back and realize, like, is it worth going to this place? Should I just turn around and go home? Or, no, fuck it. Am I going to find a new path and I'm just going to go anyway? I'm not going to let anybody ruin my fun. This is so interesting. <laughs> Can I just, I wish people could like see the face journey I'm on. I know, I wish this. I am loving it. Because, yeah, like, I've been job hunting, right? Mm-hmm. You know this. I've been commiserating with you about like how, 
Like, job hunting by itself is already, like, so fucking stressful and frustrating and confusing. But to do it during the middle of a global pandemic when everyone's, like, especially, like, I just had a, a meeting today, a virtual meeting, and found out how much money we're going to lose from the state. Like, and so I know that other districts are also facing that huge budget cut. Like, who's going to be hiring right now? I don't know. People apparently are because I'm putting out my resume like gangbusters. But also, like, do I want those positions? It does feel very helpless. Like, like we said, right, this is going to be new year, new me. And then everything just was And then like, a virus ah. took over the wheel. Yeah, it took over the wheel. And it's like, nope, why don't you stay in your house for four months? And I was like, no, but I wanted to leave my house. It's like, no, don't do it. You mm-hmm. suck. So then moving forward... Yes. It's important to remember what you can control and what you can't. When you're driving, pay attention to your own driving. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing on the road, essentially. Um, An interpretation of a reverse chariot can be that sometimes maybe your grip is too tight on the reins, and so you're Mm overcorrecting rather than just kind of following you where you know your brain or your intuition can take you and you're trying to get it back on course too hard. And that's always something that I struggle with, mm-hmm. right? I don't know. I, I don't know if it comes from being like an eldest sibling or just bossy. Or just a person Or in just general. a person. But yeah, you want things to work out. Like, I don't know. We were just talking about this, about how like when you get something in your mind, you kind of just like want to get it done immediately, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, I thought of this. Because you want that instant gratification yeah. of, like, I thought of it, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to do it, and I'm just going to get it done. But when you don't have control over it, you can't always just be like, oh, I want this done now, immediately. And so, yeah, I'm, I've been trying to, like, chill out. And it feels very forced, but, like, I'm trying it. I'm trying to be like, it's all good, like... Whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. I'll just put myself out there and it's totally fine. But that is very, like, anti my personality. Like, my dad this weekend called me a type A personality. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> I am not a type A. Except a little bit. Except for a little bit. I was like, can I be, like, a B plus? Or, like, <laughs> oh. an A minus? Which is between? also very a smart Sarah thing to right. say. Like, can I have a slightly, like, not a bad grade. Like, can I have, like, a 90%? Well, because I've always considered <laughs> myself, a like, a B, like, a type B personality. But I'm clearly not. Like, I clearly have enough, like, I kind of want this to be done the way that I want it to be done. Yeah. But, like, when I see other people who are, like, super type A, so I'm always like, wow, you guys are, like, way too into this. Like, mm, calm down. But also, like, if people don't do the things I want them to do, I'm like, that's, no, that's wrong. You need to do it the way that I told you to do it. So I would consider myself, like, if there's something between an A and a B, like an A- minus or a B plus, I'm there. I'm hovering there. Or, like, I'm trying to be a B. But really, I'm like an A in a B costume. I'm B no, movie, but like stop hiding it. in a B costume or whatever. I don't know. No, Sarah, you get your report card. It's a B plus, and then you're like, ah, ha ha, I have the B plus. But then you go back to the teacher and go, ah, oh, can you just like bump it up just like? But a I bit. never grade bumped though. Oh, I was never true. that person. In fact, I when I um, this is another like emotional thing to bring up. But um, when I didn't get my Spanish degree, I couldn't get my teaching 
part of my Spanish degree because I couldn't pass that fucking test. And I went like crying to the Spanish person and I was like, I get all A's in my classes. I don't understand why I can't pass this test. And she like stone faced looked at me and was like, you've gotten all A's and B's. Like she pulled up my transcripts and told me to my face, you're not an A student, you're an A and B student. And I was like, why would you say this to me? Seriously. I was like sobbing my eyes out and you had to just like drive the Had to be like, oh, actually, I'm just going to fact check you really quick. Right? Yeah. Like, "Mm, you're not that smart, smart, Sarah. I was like, damn, damn, that's so mean. I just, yeah. That's ruthless, honestly. Okay. Okay. Whew. Again, emotions. That's fine. That's good. But you you have a very strong attachment because it went from past to current. Yeah. But now we're moving on to the future. Okay. The the fourth card that you pulled is just the theme going forward over the next year slash just what is going to empower you to get past this direct not necessarily directionless but a car taking a nice scenic drive yeah right um the judgment has reversed so now we're so now it's facing me right right. Mm -hmm. yeah so now you have the upright placement and this the key meanings of this card are absolution evaluation and reflection you have a call something is going to call you to it and you're going to hear that song and you're going to know that song is for you. Mm. Um, the co- <laughs> I just, I love these cards so much because they're this so one is silly. pretty wild. Yeah. They're so silly. So on this card, there's a beautiful archangel with like insect wings calling down and these are cicadas oh, coming yeah, out okay. of the ground. I thought they were dung beetles, but cicada <laughs> makes more sense because they're popping out of the ground. They're not like rolling it up rolling into it a up. little yeah, shit yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this card is called a cosmo- cosmic leveling up. Ooh, I like a level up. You are being called into a higher level of surface and a greater good to yourself. Aww. Where unlike the chariot, where you think you know where you're going, you think you have a destination in mind, there is no scenic drive. You already know where it is. You have it in mind. I'm going to here, and there's nothing standing in your way. You just have to show up for it, mm-hmm. right? Also, I mentioned how the magician is number one. This card is number 20. Yeah, and there's 22. 22. Okay. So this is at the very, very end Mm -hmm. of a journey. This is saying you've taken all of the other major arcana stories and you've reflected that back on yourself and taken all of your past experiences and it has led you to a higher intuition to know where you want to go in life. Okay. Um. Like with the cicadas coming up out of the dirt, um, the the noise is everyone's heard cicadas. I'm assuming mm-hmm. like it's just like the noise of the summer. It's incessant yeah. and loud yeah. and deafening, and I think some people think it's really annoying. It's just kind of like a constant. I like it's, a cicada. I love a cicada noise. Yeah, but that's the thing about when you get a song played for you, you can either go, "Oh, that's annoying, and I don't want it." 
When you hear this song, even if it sounds annoying to other people, you're going to go, no, this is the most beautiful song I've ever heard. Okay. And you're going to want to go towards it, like a siren song, but mm-hmm. not in a bad way. You're yeah. Just, you just know that, like, this is what I'm not going to crash and drown. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's hypnotizing, and you just are like, nope, this song was written specifically for me, and I'm just going to follow it. This is so emotional. I'm, like, getting... I was emotional researching this for you because, like I said, I know you so well. Yeah. And I, this isn't me yeah, yeah, selecting yeah. at mm-hmm. all. This was also just, I was just reacting because mm-hmm. I was like, I, do, I think I know what she was thinking about, but who's to say? Yeah. So I wrote down a couple of quotes just about this card and also the cicadas in general. But um, one quote says... It can seem as if something within the person has already been decided and the only choice left to the conscious self is to follow the appropriate action. And then secondly, we don't know ourselves until we truly hear or answer to our own calling. Wow. So that is where you're going to be moving forward. Okay? Over the next year. That's such a good card. You're right. So then... These two, I'm going to read to you together. Okay. <clears throat> because the way that you pulled the fifth and the sixth position, these are challenges and priorities. Mm-hmm. So you already know in the fourth position, like, this is probably the, be- the best outcome that you could get moving mm-hmm. forward. You know you're going to get everything you want to get. Which is, like, kind of great to know, but also kind of, like, could inspire some laziness. Be like, oh, okay, well, I'll just wait for it to come. But that's not... Well, but then you can't control things. It's all about... Well, that's what happens here. So I will say the two that you got, and then I will describe them separately mm-hmm. as I move forward. Uh, you got the Knight of Pentacles and the Devil, both upright. And so these two are going to give you the tools to use to make sure that you do get here and also to make sure you don't get off of track, right? Mm. So we'll start with the Knight of Pentacles. This is the first, this only the second suit that we've saw in your whole yeah. uh, spread, which is just the coolest. Um, but pentacles are an earth sign. They're stable. They are physical. They w- are outside of yourself. They're things that you've taken and you've built around yourself. So it's your health. It's your fitness. It's your finances. It mirrors Ooh. everything consciously happening within you. Mm-hmm. So you, your house is all of a sudden abundant and full and it has a strong foundation and you just keep that going, right? Um, the pentacle suit in general represents being grounded, stable, supportive, and is fertile. It has the foundation for things to grow out of it. Mm-hmm. The knight of pentacles... He represents hard work, conservatism, and productivity. He is incredibly practical. He knows that, like, work isn't always fun. You have to do the maintenance of stuff. You have to do the tedious, repetitive stuff. He is wearing glasses, and he has a very trimmed goatee. I will just say that. That's that's what it is. (laughs) He's so practical, he has glasses. (laughs) And the trim goatee. That's the. It takes the um. So time to style it. I didn't actually look into who this person was because all of um, just like a suit of cards, there is a number range one through ten, and Mm -hmm. then there is like the Joker, but they have like the face cards. Yes, they have. Yeah, yeah, the face cards. They have a page. They have a princess. They have 
a knight, they have a queen and a king. Oh, okay. For a minute, I thought you were talking about like regular cards, and I was like, page and princess. What are you no, talking, I'm talking about? about yeah, this. yeah, yeah. And so in this deck that I have, um, they decided to use either scientists or artists or people that just have really great things to say about nature conservatism. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one on the Knight of Pentacles is Richard Law. And I didn't look into him just because I wanted to focus on you and not mm-hmm. on Richard Law. So that's... Does John Muir make an appearance? That's a great question. Mary Oliver does. Um, I bet John Oliver... Or um, John Muir does. Yeah, for sure. He has to. He's like the king of conservancy and... Yeah. Yeah. He's probably Not in the just, Rust Belt, maybe. Although he did come to America and like... Oh, yeah. He's, he's the reason the, we the have John all Muir of Trail our, is here. Yeah, he's the reason we have all of our national parks because Teddy Roosevelt was like... So horny for John Muir that he was like, They were just two dudes making national parks. Two dudes camping in the woods, and Teddy Roosevelt was like, (laughs) Two dudes five feet apart in their tents because they're not gay. Yeah, no, literally, like Teddy Roosevelt, like I could do a whole drunk history on Teddy Roosevelt and John Muir, and like, yeah, John Muir came here, and Teddy Roosevelt was like, Oh shit, yeah, I'm super into trees and stuff. You're into trees? (laughs) Let's go camping. And then he's like, Hell, Let's make hundreds of acres of this country that I'm the president of protected by national law. And I was like, hells yes, Teddy Roosevelt, I can do it. it. He's also my mom's favorite president. He's a good president. He's a very good president. (laughs) So, this guy, Richard Law. Richard Law, who, whatever. Okay, tell us what you know, Richard Law. What is don't the quote? Can I, what is the quote that yeah, it says? Yeah, read it. Go ahead. Passion is lifted from the earth itself by the muddy bands of the young. It travels along grass-stained sleeves to the heart. If we are going to save environmentalism and the environment, we must also save an endangered indicator species, the child in nature. Ooh. Richard, oh, it's Louvre, not Law. Oh, but whatever. But there's a beautiful picture of him, like, Kind of mansplaining to this girl holding a butterfly. Yes, yes. That is the description on that card. (laughs) (laughs) They're not as beautiful as the rest. (laughs) Um, But like I said, he is very, very practical. He knows that a lot of planning and just the minutia of work has to go into it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Having him in your spread is reassuring that you're doing the right thing, but you just have to keep slugging along you have Mm -hmm. to just keep putting one foot in front of the other even though it's not progressing fast or you know you've you have been progressing fast and then you reach this lull and then it's just kind of like ugh. but i want to go back to that time when everything was new and exciting Mm -hmm. it's like well you've worked so hard to get here he's a reminder to think of how far you came and how hard you worked to achieve this thing that you were trying to manifest and now you have to maintain it otherwise you'll lose it which, again, is very indicative of the, the present, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're all kind of in that, like, stasis mode, but also, especially, like, teaching remotely. I've explained to you, and I think I've mentioned here, like, it's been work, and my kids are not progressing the way that I kind of hoped that they would, and they're not engaging the way that I'm really trying to facilitate, like, I've been sitting at my computer watching myself on my video camera for, like, weeks at a time. Just, like, yeah, alone. Like, okay, I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you. And then nobody engages with me and asks for my help. Or or they'll come on and I'll be like, hey, how's it going? Are you getting work done? And they go, no, but I'm glad to talk to you for a half hour. And I go, 
I mean, I'm happy to talk to you. That's totally fine. I'm totally cool with, like, giving you someone to talk to or an adult to, like, bounce things off of. That's Mm -hmm. very much a comfort level for me. But also, like, I wish you were working and I wish you were progressing. And it's very frustrating to me and a lot of my colleagues that, like, we are doing all this work on the back end that isn't manifesting in, like, progress. And that is very frustrating to Mm -hmm. feel like I am working so hard and it's literally not doing anything productive at all. That Mm -hmm. is very frustrating. Yeah, so you're just sloughing one foot in front of the other. it, It doesn't feel exciting. But you're maintaining but what you, you have and not, you're not losing. Yeah, right. I can't just, it's just like, not work. Yeah, or yeah, I just yeah. can't not water my garden. I yeah, can't yeah, not yeah. just weed everything. Like you yeah. have to take care of everything that you've worked so hard to have. Mm-hmm. And so that's one reminder moving forward because the devil is there. And the devil just represents addiction, mm-hmm. enslavement, fear. Just He is all primal instincts. He is just pure... You get blinded by that horniness and you just want to just do that (laughs) instead, right? He represents any negative behavior that can hinder your growth, no matter what it is. So it kind of depends on where you're at for yourself. This can represent you may get a very enticing relationship that comes into your world. And you may just become so... uh, What's the help me, Sarah? You're the English teacher. You become so like, <laughs> like stars wrapped, in your eyes. Yeah, just, like wrapped up in it. Like yeah, entranced. So entranced. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly the word I was looking for. You just become so entranced by this person. But that can also lead to codependency. Mm-hmm. And that's also just not speaking of romantic relationships. This can be familial, coworker, anything. You have to. When things start to feel, <laughs> I was trying to take down our recording pen. <laughs> oh, okay. Go. We're in. We're in her space now. Okay. So as we were saying, this can be any kind of relationship that doesn't necessarily, even though he's like so primal and. I he do. Is do literally you making out with a bug. What bug is this? Did you look it Those up? Those are fireflies. Okay, they're. Oh, that does not look like a firefly, but... So, the firefly species that he put on here, so I'm pretty sure, like, this is the larva and these ones are around Oh, okay, him. that's a larva, okay. Yeah, so to paint... A, you'll see it in the video or the picture that Sarah posts, but to paint a word picture for you right now, it is He's, a gigantic, like, larval <laughs> bug, and then there is a devil like a horned have, devil like tongue fucking it yes. in the mouth yes yeah. exactly i don't want to say the word tongue fucking you just said it twice i said it twice that's fine <laughs> that's fine that's okay so in the the narrative of the the essay that went along with this this species of firefly learns to mimic the flashing pattern of another species Mm. and it lures in that other species and then kills and eats it whoa okay so this is saying that like it's gonna look really good and it's gonna look like it's good for you but the solution to not being killed and eaten is rather not right just check in with yourself and if something isn't feeling good or if it feels too good just check in with yourself and make sure you maintain your healthy boundaries that you have okay. for yourself. Yeah. And 
It's also a reminder that sometimes the chains that we think are holding us back aren't actually attached to anything, which reminded me of how you said that your like childhood dog, Molly, mm-hmm. if you just put the lead on her and she drags it around, she won't run into the woods because she yeah. feels like she's tethered to something, even though she's not. She yeah. can run away at any time, but she's dragging this behind her going, oh, well, I can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's also important to look at where your chains are connected to and see if you're actually being held back by something. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that. Also, can I just say, uh-huh. just like an aside, I spent the whole weekend with Molly back at my parents' house, and she's like such a cute little lady dog now. Like she's, I think in human years, she's like 83 years old or whatever now. <laughs> and she's got to be older than that. She's so cute, and she's just like putters around and was exhausted by the puppies and now we can let her out and she doesn't even need to be on the chain she's like i'm not fucking running anywhere (laughs) i'm like i get it girl we're all getting old i totally get it same yeah okay so these two were your challenges and priorities that's how you are going to keep and maintain all of the hard work that you got here. By avoiding fuckboys. Avoid fuckboys. And being very reasonable. And also just toxic, like, people yes. in general. Which has been easy to do now that I can be like, oh. Can't see you. Can't see you. So I have to, like, be in my own. But I've also been trying to, like, encourage or, like, bolster my good relationships, too. Because I have been avoiding mm-hmm. my toxic relationships. But I've also been like, you know who I haven't talked to in a long time? this person and I really like that person why am I avoiding this I don't understand and I'm sure other people are going through this too where I feel like I'm so bogged down by so many digital relationships now like and I'm very much like you sent me that meme the other day that was Gemini's who like always leave their texts on red and I am that person I'm like like, I'll look at my notifications and be like, mm, that's not worth my time right now. I'm trying to fall asleep. I'm not about to, like, engage in this right mm-hmm. now. But, yeah, I know I've been feeling, like, not guilty, but just, like, like fr- not frustrated, but just, like, looking at myself and being like, come on, girl. Like, you can put a little bit more effort into your relationships than this. And I've been trying to push myself into that a little bit. Because, yeah, being on camera, I'm, I haven't been... In this kind of, like, all-digital relationship in a long, long time where, like, I'm constantly on meetings or emails or whatever. And I can't just, like, go to somebody's room and be like, hey, Mm -hmm. I need to talk to you about something for, like, five minutes and then I'll leave and it's not a big deal. And it's been really hard because I'm a very extroverted person and I very much prefer face-to-face communication. But I can't do face-to-face communication right now and it's really kind of killing me. Well, I think that also comes back to the Knight of Pentacles because right now a lot of the relationships that we're maintaining feel very, like, not hard work, but they at least aren't fun. You can't go somewhere with your friends. You're checking in and you have to just be like, how was your day? How was your day? Everything just feels very maintenance-related rather than Ritualistic and performative rather than just, like, spontaneous and, Mm -hmm. yeah, engaged. It's just like, how are you? Great. How are you? Great. What are you Mm -hmm. doing? Yeah. But, yeah, it's – I've also – since it has been that maintenance, I've been doing the same as you have where I've tried to come up with – 
more creative ways to make those friendships not not necessarily grow, but at least give them more attention yeah. than they've had. Yeah, exactly. So then your seventh card is also it's it's basically a wrap up overview of the past seven or six cards that I just told you about. Okay. Some people also think that this is a card that if you have some sort of spirit guide or ancestors, anybody who looks over you, like my grandma is for my mom, Mm -hmm. this card was meant as a message from them to you. Ooh, interesting. Okay. So some people buy into that, some people don't. I always think that, I think in general, when I'm shuffling the cards, I'm usually asking the people in my life that I I think are looking over me, what should I do? Like. Mm -hmm. I can't ask you for your advice, so I'm giving you a tool to help me. Yeah, I like that idea. And so that's what this is. And the moon upright, it represents illusion, fear, and anxiety, which sounds worse than it is. Mm-hmm. But that's because the moon has been kind of like a misunderstood beast for so long like it used to be a sign of fear people would see the full moon and that's how we get werewolves right it's yeah like it's, people become way more incensed and like it, it sparks fear if you well, see a full moon it's also a thing in in the education world right like every full moon everyone's like oh boy it watch out the kids are gonna be crazy it's friday the 13th and a full moon so like you might as well not even leave your classroom because the halls are gonna be nuts and it's like okay it's also just like teenagers and also a friday Teenagers on a Friday. I also don't want to be here on a Friday. Nobody wants to be there on a Friday. (laughs) Nobody wants to be anywhere on a Friday. But I don't know about you, but I find the moon in general more comforting than the sun. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Because the sun can be, it's very warm and it's beautiful and it's hard to ignore, especially when it is so bright. Mm -hmm. But the moon is a reflection of the sun. It takes everything that's there and it illuminates a path that you need at that time. Well, and it's easier to look at. It's, it's way easier, easier to, to like at. meditate on, right? Mm-hmm. You can't stare at the sun, exactly. right? Yeah. Your eyeballs. <laughs> you'll die. Yeah. Well, <laughs> your eyes will. You'll die. hurt your eyeballs. But yeah, the moon is like a, a like more of a companion, where the mm-hmm. sun is kind of like a force. And yeah, I mean, some days the sun is your friend because, oh man, we have, we've had rain for a week and now I'm so relieved to see the sun. And then other days it's like, Jesus, would you give me a break? I can't keep seeing you every day. Also, I'm pretty sure over the last like six days, you've told me, girl, you've gotten too much sun, like five or six times, <laughs> like once a day. Maybe go lay like, under the moon. Maybe like get out of the sun because you're talking well, like a crazy person. <laughs> yes. We've all had too much sun. We're Mm -hmm. all a little slut for the sun. Do you have anything about this cool owl that's on this card? Not necessarily. What kind of owl is this? Um, I don't think he said specifically. Um, In the essay that he was talking about, he was so struck by the moon and because it was one of the times that it was the closest the moon had been to the sun in like or to the earth in like sixty four years, like a super moon. Um, yeah. So it's. It reflects the way that the phases of the moon control us mm-hmm. because we are more susceptible to the moon than we realize. We kind of ignore it even though we need the moon to survive. It controls our tides. Mm-hmm. It controls so many things here on Earth. It has a literal magnetic pull yeah. to us. And we don't 
realize it, but it literally is trying to pull us in a direction that we can't see and we can't necessarily feel. And so he talked about new moons where you can still see some light or whatever, but when there's absolutely no light, that's when nocturnal animals are their most active. Mm -hmm. But then he's talking about here where an owl is out during the brightest full moon ever, and it's looking around being like, I don't understand. I can see so well right now. Where are all of my prey? Mm -hmm. But that's because there's too much light. Yeah. This card is all about intuition. So what it's telling you is you have all of the tools that you need, and you're going to feel a lot of self-doubt, but you just need to follow that pull that only you are feeling. Even if other people, like the devil, are coming into your life and are saying, like, that's silly, don't do that, don't go out on a full moon, or don't go do Mm. this, or don't go do that, you're going, but it really feels right for me to go out and do that. So this is kind of living in the shadow self. You come out in the sun and you're like, I did this and I did this and I did this, but this is you off stage mm. and you are doing the work to get yourself there. So this is a reminder to you that that is the most important part about yourself is that you know, and it's only from other people like the devil, all the devils of your life are giving you the doubt. But if you just keep pushing forward, you're going to find your way through whether there's a full moon or a new moon. That is so cool. Well, and it's so interesting, too, because, like, that is the essence of, like, every big decision that you make, right? Because, like, at the beginning, you might put yourself out there and, like, start floating those these ideas past people. Like, what do you think about, what if I did this or what if I did that? But it all really ultimately comes down to, like, what you want. And, and like, no, but that feels right. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and it's always heartening when people do agree with what you want to do like you like like just like we were talking about bias earlier like mm-hmm. every time you ask somebody their opinion you're kind of like hoping they're that gonna tell you the- say whatever mm-hmm. it's the same like the only reason I ever do a coin toss ever is to figure out what I actually want to do right because exactly. I, I won't I don't even care how the coin flips right it could be heads or it could be tails but in that moment that you flip it, you know what you want it to be, and that's very telling in and of itself. Yes. And so I think that's always very cool because, like, I live alone, and so a lot of times, like, I'm a very independent person. I'm single. I don't have a family, right? Like, I have my immediate family, but I don't have, like, a husband and kids that I have to, like, think about when I make decisions right now. And so, yeah, that is very much... My experience, like, you can ask for advice as much as you want, but you know in your heart, like, what you want to do and what's right for you and what makes sense mm-hmm. for you. And so that is that is ultimately how all of your decisions are made. Like, you can survey people, and then if you don't hear what you want to hear, you're going to do whatever the, the fuck you want to do anyway. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, you didn't tell me what. It's just like... Like, yeah. I was kind of just looking for validation for my decision that I made but you didn't give it to me so I'm still gonna do it anyway Mm because that's what I wanted to do yeah Yeah. I think that's that's really interesting this was so fun I'm glad you loved it no I had so much fun researching it well and that was my kind of my thought is like I was excited for my birthday and like I'm always all about me (laughs) all about me but also this is like a huge passion that you have Mm -hmm. and so I really wanted to give you a platform to kind of showcase it and like 
This is so fun. So it is like a little bit about me, but also you did most of the talking, so it's also very much about you. <laughs> that was very, very cool. I didn't need it to be about me. I just wanted to tell you a really fun story because like I said at the beginning, I know you really, really well. Mm-hmm. And so it was very fun for me to read these things and to be able to connect them to you in a very personal way that I connect them to myself. Yeah. And so, yeah. Do you have any – I know that we like – talked through or you like made commentary as I moved forward but do you have just like an overall feeling or like do do you feel like this validated you don't even have to tell me what you were thinking about because I would never ask that Mm -hmm. but like do you feel validated concerned or was there anything surprising to you just in general of what happened well I think like one of the things I was really like I've been really thinking about and it's been on my mind is this like should I look for a new job right now or should I just be happy that I even have a job, right? Because we're kind of in this weird pre-recession nightmare scape of the economy, right? And so it does feel like a very selfish time to be like, no, I want to, like, change things about my life. But also, like you say, I've been feeling very unfulfilled and very unrecognized in my career and kind of want to see if somebody else wants to recognize me for the things that I've been doing. And so I am trying to be more open to possibilities, but not like putting too much pressure on myself. And so that's been very interesting. And another thing, like we've talked before on our dating episode, right? I went off about like, I can't find a person who's like fits my lifestyle or my interests in this smaller town. And I'm very much looking forward to, like, meeting somebody who's interesting and engaged and, like, just a cool person to hang out with. Somebody who fits into your life without disrupting. Yeah. Or, or not, like... Or is Because a, a lot of these burden. relationships I found are very passive, yeah. right? Like, they come in and it's, like, all the work has been done and, like, okay, so you've expressed interest, so we're dating now and, like... There's no, I don't have to do any work. And it's like, no, I want to do the work. I, I'm willing to do the work. Are you willing to do the work? And my experience has been that a lot of people in this area are not willing to do the work. They're willing to, like, stamp their card, like, yes, we have. Now quote, we have a relationship. Yes. Check like, check. We've yeah. done this, and now we're ready to, like, get married and have babies. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, calm down. This is not what I'm here for. And so, yeah, like, the devil is very interesting to me because it is a very, like, inherently negative card. Mm -hmm. Like, just that imagery of the devil is inherently negative. Of course. I mean, yeah, anyone who sees it in a spread usually thinks it's terrible. But all it is is a cautionary warning. Yeah. Because everyone sees the devil. That's very interesting, too, that you can be like, ooh, this looks very good, but not for you. And Mm -hmm. I have had a couple, like, at least one of those experiences in my job hunt now. Like, I had that one job that I was super excited about, and I, like, got so passionate about it. And I was, like, studying. I was listening to Spanish podcasts to practice my Spanish for this job that I was, like, so sure that I was a shoo-in for. And then they were like, oh, we don't really want you, though. We found someone else. And I was like, oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought I was good for this, but it's okay. That's yeah, fine. That's exactly what that is, is you saw something incredibly tempting and you went out of your way to mm-hmm. show this thing that I will do anything for right? you. And then and it's it a toxic like, fuck boy yeah. and it dropped you on your head. So yeah, you just, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would never say that, like, anytime you get incredibly excited about something to kind of give yourself a reality check, mm-hmm. but that's all this card is saying, is if something feels too good to be true, go ahead and explore it a little deeper, mm-hmm. so. Well, just keep your wits about you. Exactly, right? yeah. yeah. You know who you are, and so, like, don't let something else woo you away yeah. from what you are. Also, yeah, I'm just feeling, like, more confident and and i do really like the knight of pentacles and like that that's a uh a card of like reasonability and strength and confidence right because i have been that's another one of my like small guilty pleasures i was going to bring up is that this week is my last week of noom oh wow! i'm like it's up on the 30th so two days from now i will be like cut off of noom and this ha- this year has been, like, a huge year of growth and confidence and, like, strength for me. And I've just been very, like, excited. Somebody saw me today and was like, girl, have you lost, like, a ton of weight? And I was like, yes, I have lost a ton of weight. And I'm glad that you noticed. And, like, it's not embarrassing for me to talk about it. And I've met a lot of people who are like, hey, like... I've also lost weight, and, and how did you do it? And let's talk about our shared experience. And then other people are like, oh, this is very motivating for me to try my own thing. Mm-hmm. And that gives you a lot of strength, too. And also just, like, I sent a, a message out to my group this week, and I was like, hey, can I just, like, say that you guys were so supportive, and I love hearing all of your commiseration-like posts and your support posts, and, like, especially the posts that were like, oh, man, like, I really jumped off the trail and I got like way lost in the weeds and I'm stuck and I need everyone's support or like, hey, here's a recipe that really worked for me or like, I went on a hike today. Everyone else should go on a hike. And that's been so great for me because I am very extroverted, but having a group of strangers who are also going through the same journey has been very supportive. And so I did, I sent like a little like, I'm leaving in, like, a couple <laughs> I'm leaving of the nest. <laughs> well, I, I said, like, I feel like I've learned what I needed to learn, and you guys have been so supportive, and I've loved, like, getting to know you. And, like, my bestie Tom on oh the apps goodness. was like, oh, my God, Sarah, like, congratulations. You go, girl. Like, I love reading your posts. I was like, oh, my God, Tom, I love reading your posts. You're so fun. And Tom's, like, 65 because apparently I only attract 65-year-old men to me. That's a whole other kettle of fish that we're not going to go into. <laughs> that totally did not come fun. up in the cockpit. No, yes. I'm not. <laughs> or was it the devil? Oh, it is the Papa devil. Papa John was so enticing it's to you. Papa John with if a so, fragile dick. If somebody offers you a toe ring, Sarah, you check in with yourself and yeah. you say no. No, thank you. But yeah, like you were saying, the Knight of Pentacles, because if you have two days left on this app, it's been at the forefront of your mind because it was still something that you paid for. Mm-hmm. So this is a reminder of hey, you worked really hard to get here. Just because somebody is not pushing you to do that, you have to do the work for yourself. Yeah. And and that's what the whole program was. And, and it has. Like, despite any other frustrations I've had with this last calendar year, making that choice for myself was a hugely positive and, like, mm-hmm. motivating thing. And that was so, so cool. I wanted um, – we sp- – sort of touched on like your progression through Mm -hmm. it and especially as we got here but like when you were thinking about your last birthday are the first two cards where you were at like do you is that where you kind of 
jumped off at or were you think like do you not remember how you felt last year? I would year? say so like my last birthday birthday is such like a specific time right because it's always the end of the school year and mm-hmm. so I feel like during the summer, as a teacher, right, the summer is always your free period, like, where you can kind of do whatever you want, mm-hmm. and you can kind of, like, leave work at work and just be mm-hmm. you, be you who's not at work. And so my last birthday was not a very frustrating or, like, challenging time, but this last year has been the year that I've been really thinking about, like, man... This is really a struggle. And also last summer, like the end of the summer was when I had that like kerfuffle with my supervisor who like really offended me and like insulted me to my face. And, and then never apologized. Never apologized for it. And and so that yeah, like coming into this year I kinda had that like leftover bitterness. Mm-hmm. From the interaction. And so it wasn't like my birthday, but it has been this last school year where I've been feeling like very underutilized, very unappreciated, even though last year, last summer, I really fought for myself. Like I really was like, this seems wrong. And also like this person really, really like Mm -hmm. really fucked up this interaction. Like they really showed their cards and showed that they have no respect for me at all. And they're not doing their job. They're making me do their job. So why should I care if they get mm-hmm. in trouble or if, like, if I'm making waves? And I did. I tried really hard to get the recognition that I was owed, and it came to nothing. Yeah, and I think, like you said, you can't pinpoint it to a date. Mm-hmm. But with teachers, I think with summer, you forget so easily all the frustrations you had mm-hmm. over the school year because you're on such a high of being free. Yeah. And so, like you said, right after your birthday, you went into that high. But then a few, like a month later, you were slapped in the face yeah. of this interaction. It and it immediately reminded yeah. you. And so just because you weren't thinking you weren't being underappreciated or feeling that way on your birthday, I think that was something that was bubbling up yeah. inside of you mm-hmm. and then it just became incredibly apparent well and it was happening behind the scenes and yeah. it didn't become apparent to me until like midsummer mm-hmm. when all of this stuff went down mm-hmm. and so yeah and that is like just those two cards have been the theme of my last year it could even work. it doesn't even have to be the past year like yeah it can span before that yeah because like a magician doesn't take a year to hone his skill mm-hmm. he's constantly out there trying to figure out does this work does this work does this work oh if i add this if i change this does this work and so i think this has just not been like your start from one year ago no i it's think been this a while. spans yeah 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 previous to that. so yeah thank you so much no this has been so interesting and like you say like it even if people don't believe in tarot or what it what it spans it is a good meditation like it's a good tool to bring up like bring to the surface things you're already thinking about anyway and that's why we both are like avid journalers and like every time I the only time I ever write in my journal is when I'm very conflicted about something like I don't write in my journal like oh today I ate a bagel and like Mm -hmm. hang out hung out in my hammock all day Mm -hmm. it's always when like 
I break up with a guy or like I'm struggling at work or like I can't sleep at night. Those are the only times that I really like feel like I have to exercise mm-hmm. those feelings. And so doing some kind of ritualistic meaning-based activity like this is very like cathartic and also like just brings up emotions that you have been having but haven't had a way to like express out loud. And it has, it's been very, like, I'm getting very emotional about this. And I know you can see it on my face, but, like, it's also probably I'm drinking a lot of wine. No, no. getting me in my feelings, but. So, uh, I'll tell you about my experience mm-hmm. with that. Because, like you said, we're both avid journalers. Um, but I realized probably, a, a, I don't know, two or three years ago, I was having a really hard time. And even though I was frustrated and I didn't know how to, um, or I was, I was really frustrated and I wanted to write about it. I just didn't know how, like, where do you start? Yeah. Right. So, um, when I got this deck, like I, that's all I was doing. Cause rather than like just getting out a blank piece of paper and just writing and just seeing where it went, I would shuffle the deck and think about mm. it and be like, oh, this is like, like I said, it's like a fidget spinner. I'm just thinking about it over and over and you're just playing with something. And then the only spreads I ever do, I either, if I'm having just like a weird day and I'm like, oh, something's bothering me. I'm like, okay, what am I missing today right now in the moment? And I'll flip a card and I'll read it and I'll just try and get what I can from it. But when there's something bothering me that I don't know how to express, I do a three-card spread, which is just literally past, present, future. Okay. So this is the thing that's bothering me, and it'll bring up, this is what's been going on in the past, this is where you are currently, this is how you're going to get to your future. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like, this is going to be the outcome, don't do the work. It's yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Like, like I had already said to you, these are the tools mm-hmm. to get you to your future. And then I would take those cards and I would research the meaning. So then I'm doing two activities at once. I'm Mm -hmm. researching something that I really like while also being like, oh, damn, this is what it means to me. And this is how it's affected me. So that's what my journaling has been over the last year is pulling these spreads for myself, researching what it means, and then writing about how I feel about those things that came up, whether I feel like it applies or not. And there's been times that I'm like, this doesn't apply. Like, this was a shitty card. And, like, two days later, I'll come back and go, oh, I get it now. <laughs> and that's why I think it's just been, I think it's just such a interesting therapeutic and meditative tool to get to know yourself better. Yeah. And through it, I feel like I know myself better or at least think that I do. So. Yeah. Well, and I just, like, I don't know, since I've been working, like, in my career full time, mm-hmm. I've gotten like very into meditation in general and like calming activities and thought provoking activities, right? Mm-hmm. Like those first couple of years of teaching were so stressful. Mm-hmm. Like I think everyone's first couple of years of their job is like the most stressful. The first couple of years just out of college is just, yeah. or yeah, in any kind of scene where you're all of a sudden on your own. It's yeah. Like, oh, shit. And you're expected to like know things that maybe mm-hmm. you are, have never really had to be mm-hmm. an expert in. And people are just like, oh, well, we hired you to do this. So this is, you should know what you're doing, right? And you're like, 
Yeah, definitely. Totally. But like, don't look over here for a couple of days because I'm going to be frantically figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I would get these like crazy tension headaches. And and so we've talked a little bit about how like I'm into ASMR because my first couple of years of, of teaching, I went back into um, guided meditations. I got super into guided meditations and I, because that was the only way I could fall asleep was I would put in my like sleep headphones and fall asleep to these guided like body scans and that goes back to my childhood my dad brought this up this weekend how he's like I don't know if like you really cared about this or not or like I just made it up but but like yeah when you were little and you couldn't fall asleep I would take you to your bed and I would be like oh well you can't fall asleep because your body's still so awake and he would do this guided meditation body scan he didn't even know that that was a thing but he would like start with my toes and he'd be like okay go to sleep toes and he'd like give me a little foot massage and then he'd be like okay your legs are really awake and he'd like do a little like leg massage and say go to sleep legs go to sleep tummy go to sleep arms go to sleep hands and then finally get to my face and he'd like literally close my eyelids for me and he'd be like okay go to sleep eyes go to sleep brain blah 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 and that put me to sleep every time like without fail and when I was so stressed out at work, I would, those first couple of years when I was in that apartment, that was the only way I could go to sleep is I would put on these guided meditations and it would be like, clench every muscle in your feet and then let them go. And then clench every muscle in your legs and let them go. And that like put me out. And then like, then you get into the YouTube rabbit hole and then it's like, watch this guy pretend to be a flight attendant for five hours. And I'm like, okay, I'm here for this. <laughs> so like... It took me into a weird space, but but yeah, like I'm very much of, of I'm of the opinion that meditation, whether it's a religious meditation like prayer or like a just purely spiritual like open yourself up n- into the world meditation, like like tarot or like yoga, like every time Absolutely. we go into yoga and um we go into like our shavasana corpse pose. And you're just laying there and, like, letting your mind be blank. And and then we sit up and we do our final, like, seated meditation. And you, like, are thinking you about your... You feel like a zombie. Too. Yeah. You just got like that yoga con- brain. And and right before we do our final monaste, or namaste, I always give, like, a little prayer. Because I did. I grew up Lutheran. And so I'm still, like, spiritual, even though I don't like organized churches very much. I'm still very spiritual, and so I always take time to, like, do a little prayer, and then when we do our namaste, that's, like, my amen, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, that is a very, like, very personal, visceral, meditative, and spiritual moment, and I think those are very important. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of, like, getting on our soapbox, but, like, I'm so here for it. I'm so excited. I'm Well, I'm here for it on a soapbox just in the way that anyone who tries to preach their religion because it worked so well for them. This has helped me better than any kind of like therapy or any other kind of like Mm self-reflection meditation I've taken. Um, Since there are so many cards and so many, like if you combine just how many cards there are with what it means when they're reversed or anything like the outcome is endless of what you're going to get. It's never going to be the same thing every time. 
And so that to me has been nice. Like you, you're not like, oh, I'll just go read my favorite psalm and like, oh, I feel better. Mm-hmm. There's endless psalms here. There's a new song for you every time that yeah. you re- revisit it. Um, the chariot, I was having a really difficult time with work like two weeks ago. And I was like, I don't, like, it was one of those times, where, like you said, where you're like, oh, totally, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't look over here for a minute because I'm going to mm-hmm. be very busy. And it was one of those times that I couldn't progress with the thing I needed to do, even though it felt very, like, uh, fight or flight. Like, I, I have to do it now or I'm going to fail at mm-hmm. this. But rather than, like, push through it and mess it up, I just took a second and I shuffled the cards. I was just thinking about it like, oh, this is a really big deal. Like, this is a lot of pressure. This is a lot of responsibility. And I just shuffled and shuffled and shuffled. And I got the chariot upright. And all it said was like, you know what you're doing. Push ahead and just finish the job. And that helped me so fucking much. Yeah. And so, like, that alone is, I think, worth buying a $40 deck of paper. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, it is. I Yeah. Anything that can help you like build yourself up and that's really all we're really looking for is like some some force to be like mm-hmm. you got this or like hey slow down a little bit and and for some people it's it's like church and other people it's like other things right and it doesn't matter how you get to it as, as long, long as you, you feel like comfortable and supported and like you're confident in your decisions i think that's very important This wasn't necessarily a laugh a minute episode, but I think this was so great. This was so fun. And, like, that's what this whole, that's why we wanted to start this whole thing in the first place is to kind of, like, share our passions. This is a very clearly a passion for you, and Mm -hmm. I'm very excited to, like, engage you on this passion. We've never talked about this before, ever. Mm -hmm. So, for me, it was equally, like, a brand new topic as it is for, like, maybe other people. And I'm, like, really excited about this. I'm glad that we did this. It's so fun. Me too. Can I uh, go get another drink before we, like, start talking about our small wonders? Yeah. Or our, our, our small passions. Our, I don't want to get... Our small guilty pleasures. Yes. I don't want to be sued yeah. by the McElroys. So. Yes, we're not. We already mentioned them once. So. <laughs> oh, no. What is So before we get into our um, our guilty pleasure for the week, mm-hmm. I realized I didn't talk about my the tarot reading that I had. Yeah, that kind of has set into force like this beautiful creature you see before you over the past year. Well, not even year. I went. I did this in October. Yeah, it was like seven months ago. Yeah, not that far. Mm-hmm. So I went to New Orleans to visit one of our really good friends that had just moved from Michigan to uh, Louisiana, and we decided to meet New Orleans. And I had told her, like, the one thing I want to do at the top of my list, I want to get some sort of tarot reading. Mm -hmm. And I kept looking up places, like, you know, you can get, like, Yelps to be, like, witchy shops or whatever, Mm -hmm. but they're everywhere down there. And everything felt so fake to me. And not to say, like I said, I don't think that there 
any malicious people out there, but it mm-hmm. kind of felt like a tourist trap kind of thing. Yeah. Where it would have felt really hokey or I would have sat I would have sat down to get my tarot read and they would have had a fortune teller ball or something in front of them. Like they were trying to make the yeah. uh, make the experience of what people think it is. Wearing like a creepy purple shawl exactly. and like a crystal ball kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And so she and I, we woke up at our hostel after being out on Bourbon Street all night. So, you know, it was a little bit later in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like brunch time. And we looked up the best places to get brunch. And we went to the closest, the one that we could walk to. Mm-hmm. We get there, and there's like a two-hour wait to get in. Oh, wow. And we were like, absolutely not, as any sane person would. Yeah, if you yeah, wait yeah. longer than a half hour to sit For down, meal, yeah. you're a lunatic. Yeah, that's insane. But whatever. So we look up another place, and we get a Uber or a Lyft or whatever to take us to the complete opposite end of town. We're so far away from our hostel, but we're like... That's fine. We wanted to end up at this north side anyway, and we'll just walk ourselves back to our hostel Uh over the uh, course of the day. So we end up at this restaurant, and it was delicious, by the way. It was wonderful. And they put, of course, we're in the south. We had pickled okra in my Bloody Mary, which... That sounds delicious. If only... In Michigan, they would sell jars of pickled okra. I love okra. I don't know. It is so good. Yeah, so that was giving me life. Yeah. Uh, so then we just decided to, like, okay, well, we're, we're not sh- quite sure where we're at, but to just, like, get our bearings, we know we have to walk this way. So we just start walking that way and popping into this shop and that shop. We're looking around here, looking around there. And then um, we're walking down this unassuming side of the street, and I just get blasted in the face with this smell of, like, incense and herbs and things mm. like that. And it's not like when you walk into, like, a kind – whenever I think of – herbal smells that hit you like that i think of like a hallmark store like you know when you walk in and they have a very specific scent? there's like too many candles yeah yes, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly so exactly. there's just so many aggressive smells coming yeah. at you this wasn't that smell at all this was like somebody took a pie and put it on a this Ooh. is a this is a metaphor somebody put on a pie on a windowsill and that smell came to me, and it, like, kind of drifted me towards it. Like, ooh, what is this? It like smells- a like a cartoon character. Exactly. Yeah, that's so fun. That's such a fun image to have yeah. in your head. Yeah, yeah. And so then I was like, Lindsay, I kind of want to go in here. And it was a very, very, very small shop. Like, I'm not good with estimating square footage, but it was probably, if we cut off this area here, the entire store was probably the size of that living room. Oh, right wow. There. Okay. So it was very small. And then yeah. there was like an island in the middle because they're trying to pack all of their herbs. So it's just like floor to ceiling with those giant jars of herbs and mm. things like that. And I don't know anything about herbs. I don't know. I don't want to be cavity searched when I go back on a plane right. with a baggie full of some green herbs. Do you know, I so I was trying to send a care package to my friends in Germany or I was going to bring them, like, a care package from Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I was going to bring them some herbal, like, green tea, like, from the local co-op here. And I thought to myself, I was like, I don't really want to be strip searched in, like, exactly the Detroit airport for ha- bringing green tea. So I'm just going to not bring it, if yeah. that's cool. So I was just kind of, like, mindlessly wandering, just enjoying the smell mm-hmm. of the place. But then I was struck by there was a giant bookcase at the back. And it was filled with these books that are 
older and were apparently part of a series, kind of like where you could send away for encyclopedias. Mm. But it's all supernatural things. And Ooh. I have a few of them. I picked them up when I was in Germany. I found them in a secondhand bookstore. And as soon as I found them, I was like, these were meant for me. I have one on aliens and I have one on cryptids. Mm-hmm. And, but there's a whole volume. I think there's like 20 in the volume or yeah. whatever. And so it was just a bookshelf full of those. And so I was flicking through and I was like, I've never seen these anywhere else except for when I was in Germany and I bought them for myself. Yeah. And so then I was like, ooh, well, this feels like a sign. Maybe I should buy some more of them while I'm here and finish my collection. But none of them really spoke to me. It was all stuff that, like, I don't care about that much. And mm-hmm. so I was like, eh, it's not worth it trying to pack it in my suitcase and they're books and they're heavy. But then there was, like, a velvet curtain. And I was like, Lindsay. It's always fun behind a velvet curtain. And I was like, Lindsay, what do you think's back there? And she was like, I don't know. Like, she was just like, (laughs) I don't know, more like supplies? Like, is that their storage room? And then I kind of just like put one finger, just kind of like give a peek. And I saw a woman sitting at a table reading for herself. And I, Mm. so then, like I said, it's a very small space. And I was like, I think she's doing tarot back there. What do you think? Should I like say something? Should I like put my head back and be like, oh, what are you doing? And then the woman was like, Hey, I can hear you. <laughs> it is a curtain. Yeah, it's a curtain. It's not a door. Like it was like the Wizard of Oz where she's like, "You can talk to me." Yes. Yeah, I can. Yeah. And so just... she was like, "You can come back here." And I was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Like I didn't mean to interrupt you. This feels like a very personal thing. You're oh, tucked away in a private room. I really didn't mean to." And she was like, "No, no, no. That's what I do. Like I mm-hmm. read tarot out of here." And I was like, are you on the clock right now? Mm-hmm. And she was like, I can be. And so we talked about it, and she did me a 15-minute reading that was very, very fast, but gave me all of the information, even though I can't go back and like listen to everything that she said. I took a picture of it, and the strongest things that I remember out of it were I got probably like the three scariest cards that anybody ever gets. Did in you read death? I got death. Death is scary to me. Death is I'll is get into it. Is that the one it. with like the three swords? No, that's a Which swords card. I, oh the, okay. It's death has like is. the Grim Reaper on yeah, it. Yeah, death yeah, has yeah, death yeah. on it. That's true. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. No, I got death, I got the devil, and I got the tower. And the tower is a literal, like, castle tower. It's on fire, and people are jumping from the highest floor because they have to get out of it as fast as they can. Yikes. Okay. So it was basically telling, and it also gave me my favorite card, the fool. Mm -hmm. So it starts with the devil. I'm pretty sure it started with the devil, but it it could be out of order. It doesn't matter. It it was more of an overall, it wasn't a past, present, future. Mm. I, she asked me that. And I said, no, I have one specific problem I've been meditating on that I really need some clarification on. And so the devil, she was like, it seems really tempting. Everything seems really great. All of the things that I told you. Mm -hmm. Death is not like Oh, boy, it's, no, it's, it's like, the end of the road. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. something has to die in order for you to grow. Mm-hmm. You have to let go of whatever you think this is that's keeping you alive because it's not. It's killing you. Mm-hmm. The tower, jump ship. That's all it's telling you. Just jump ship. There's nothing in, everything is on fire. Why would you stay in this tower? That is so interesting. And then the fool is, like I said, is station zero. He just blindly goes into life with the eyes of a child thinking everything is great. So that was the progression. And that helped me so much to just have her go, something is 
telling you that it's tempting, but it is deadly. Yeah. And, yeah, ever since then, it's been my, yeah, I revisit it on my own. And I kind of want to write to her and tell her. She gave me her card, and she was like, I just want to know how life turns out for you. That is so cool. But it felt like that serendipitous moment was meant for me because Mm -hmm. I put it out there in the universe. It was like the secret. I was like, I want a tarot reading so badly. All of these suck. Mm -hmm. And I just happened to stumble on it. And she told me everything I needed to know. Yeah. That is, that's very, very cool. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's exactly what we were just saying is that like, whether you believe in it or not, it can like bring forth emotions and thoughts and feelings that maybe you've been keeping on the back burner because you feel like they're not important right now or you shouldn't Mm -hmm. be focusing on on them right now because they're not like immediate but they're important and it's a good like thought exercise to be like oh okay yep I should probably be paying a little bit more attention to this yep and maybe taking my mind off of some of the other things that have been frustrating me or, or keeping my Attention, distract Where me. Where else it should be. Yeah, yeah from, from what I should be. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. This has been so fun. I hope everyone else has been, like, just as fascinated as I have been with this. Well, if you're local, or I've heard people, like, do this over the phone. I met, um, we went to the Renaissance Festival that one year, and I wanted to go to a palm reader. And she was like, oh, I'm booked for the day, but here's my thing. I do, like, virtual palm reading. And I was like, fuck off. So I got to, like, take a picture of my palm? Exactly. That's weird. It's like, ugh, no, whatever. Yeah. But, no, I mean, I, now that I've done this for you, I'm, like, so thirsty to do it for anyone else. And, like, the other night when I was just trying to, like, brush up on it because I hadn't revisited it in a while because I've been in such a space where I feel – it feels so selfish to say this. And I, we haven't really talked about it here, but I feel like I'm, like, kind of flourishing in this quarantine. It's It feels really no, awful to we've, say. No, but we've talked about this, though, yeah. where we both kind of feel this way. Like, me with my – especially with my, like, um, weight loss journey and, and I, like, don't hate – being at home, and both of us are, Mm -hmm. like, living alone, but we're very comfortable with that, like, with having our own schedule and being able to do what we want when we want Mm -hmm. and having time to, like, focus on projects we haven't really been focusing on, and I don't hate it. And for me, as a teacher, it kind of just feels like summer was extended three months earlier, Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm kind of just, like, in the mode that I would normally be in June, July, August anyway, but... Yeah, I'm not hating it. Mm-hmm. I do hate that I don't feel productive at work at all, right? And I don't feel like I'm getting anything done. Mm-hmm. But I'm not hating being alone and, like, focusing on me. Right. right? Yeah, and you've yeah. been feeling the same way. Exactly. And so it's not something that I talk about with a lot of people because so many people are struggling, and it is honestly a struggle. Mm-hmm. But just in some ways I feel better. So I hadn't done these polls where I journal in a mm-hmm. while just because I'm like, what's the point of journaling? I feel so good or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to do one for myself just to feel brushed up enough to do it for you. Um, But then when I realized when I did it, because I was basically, when I was shuffling the cards and I was meditating on it, I was like, no, I feel really good right now. I feel like everything's in place. All I'm looking for is like a sign of what I should like, what I'm missing. What mm-hmm. is something that I'm overlooking right now? Like, what is my next thing I should focus on for myself? And it was really interesting when I started doing that because then I went, I 
cut the deck and then I went to like deal from it and something in me told me don't pull from the top it was like no you you pulled at the right place but it's from the bottom and so I flipped over those three cards and it basically it, it really it was a slap in the face of yes you're doing great but there's so much more work to be done. Mm. Um, it basically said, like, you think that you, you're you starting this new beginning, but my middle card, my present, um, I, don't, I don't know if I could find the tree, but it was, it was also a wand card. Mm. And it was this gigantic tree. And it was like, you cannot be supported by under the weight of all of these burdens and things that you're holding on to. You have to go through this tree and decide which limbs to prune and so it's been a even though this was like four days ago every day I've been like if I if something comes into my brain I go is this a limb that is supporting the tree or hurting the tree and I've like cut off limbs over the last four days yeah I I feel lighter and I do feel like my leaves can grow grow and see the sun and expand And then my last card was the fool. So my future is, you think you're the fool right now. You think you're in this, like, blah-dee-da, I can just blindly go into whatever I want. But you still have some maintenance to do before you're ready to set out on your new adventure. That is so fun. And so it was very awakening for me. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. This is so fun. Thank you for doing this. And Thank like you, I said, you for asking for it because I, I never would have offered. I would have thought it was like pushy if I would offer no, this No, I'm so excited about this. I'm so glad we did this and I'm totally comfortable with like throwing all my shit out there. It's totally fine. <laughs> and yeah, if you want me to do this for you for your birthday, I'm so ready for it. I think we're going to have to do that because we have, you know, like two months. So you've got a lot of time. Yeah, to- yeah I have to... Well, I think that um, what you should do, because it's not something I could ever get for you for your birthday, because I think Mm -hmm. it's very personal. Um, You should just kind of start flicking around on the Internet for your own deck and just see if anything speaks to you. Because that's all that happened to me. I didn't want to just go get like the traditional deck is an Aleister Crowley deck. And I've seen those images over and over and over. And they're very like Renaissance looking. Everything is very literal towards like knights and kings and queens. I've seen those before. Like, so can I just be very honest with you Mm -hmm. and tell you that the only real like tarot experience I've ever had before this was now and then when they go to like that crazy witch lady who's mm-hmm. also the waitress at their local milkshake of course shop and she does tarot for them and so I've, those are the only cards I've ever really seen is yeah. like those are the most common yeah 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 but there's so many decks out there and it's just people like that do get so interested in it mm-hmm. and start at that Alistair Crowley deck that are like well actually these are the things that speak to me, and then those speak to other people. So it'd be interesting for you to tool around and find yeah, something that I'm actually. Own, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look around. This yeah, be very fun. And so, um, yeah, you don't have to use my deck. If you find something within the next little bit of time, then we'll just use yours, and yeah. you can read it from there. I will. I will. That'll be my homework. Great. This is. I got a few months. What an unexpected. Another one of Kelly's favorite jokes that she loves to do um, for my birthday is. I took a picture, so we were looking through our memory boxes a couple of episodes ago, and I was looking through mine, 
And I found these old birthday cards that you had given oh, me. Oh, dear. And so for my 18th birthday, you cut out a picture of Elliot from Scrubs, and you wrote, you're old, on it. And you gave that to me as a birthday card. And then at 30, which was my last oh, birthday, dear. so I'm 31 tomorrow, today, if you're listening to this on Friday, you also gave me a, you're old, Elliot card, and so I took pictures of that, so I'll probably be posting those also tomorrow on my birthday. Um, Okay, yeah, that is one of my bits, is because I was bored (laughs) at the end of the year, whereas all of my other friends were before me, so it's like, oh, you're old. I'll never reach you. But, of course, that always comes for me. Kelly's birthday is late July, and mine is late May, and she loves that that she has those extra two months of youth on me, so it's fine. It's okay. It's cool. I'm 31. (laughs) Yeah, last year I was 30, 30 40, fun. and thriving. Now nice. I'm 30 fun. I like 30 fun. I'm here for it because, like, new year, new me. Even in a quarantine. Even in a quarantine, living my best life, having a great time, just, like, so positive and trying to build myself up and trying to just, like, put myself out there and have a good time. I'm Let's so excited. Okay. Okay. Do you have any small guilty pleasures this week? Ah, uh, ooh, hmm. Ooh, yeah, I'm, I'll talk about um, my new guilty pleasure is my new office. Yeah. It feels very, very good. I was um, just telling Sarah before we started recording because I had to deal with some really dumb work bullshit before we could do this very, very fun thing that I was looking forward to, which probably made the bullshit seem so much more know, right? heightened because I was just like, oh, I just want to go do this fun thing with my friend. Um, but... I try to make my environment around me such like a reflection of who I am. And so in my office, I thought that meant, in my homework office, I thought that meant I should put all of the things that inspire me around me and then I'll be productive. And I've been finding recently over the last couple months that absolutely not. That just means everything I have is cool as shit and I just want to play with it and, like, get deeper into that and not this, like, tedious work stuff. Mm. So I have a spare room in my house that was basically just, like, storage. And I was laying awake at night literally stressing about work because I was like, I wasn't as productive today as I should have been. I really should have done all of these things and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then I was like, there's a whole ass other room that doesn't have any of my stuff in it. And so th- immediately that morning, I moved all of my stuff into this other room. And yeah, I feel like a completely different person in this space, separated from my like artistic, fun space. And I feel like this is going to be so good. And that is my little guilty pleasure. It's also my guilty pleasure is creating new functional spaces. Yeah. I think that's just like the main tier of it because I couldn't fall asleep after I realized I could do this I was so excited I was like "Ooh, okay it's like 2 a.m I could just wake up right now and get it done and then that way when my alarm goes off in the morning I can just go straight to my new office and then I was like that's insane because (laughs) I will use up all of my energy decorating and organizing this new space that I will not be productive at Mm -hmm. work so I kept being like go to sleep go to sleep and then I would lay there like My small guilty pleasure is decorating a new place for a specific function. That is so cute. (laughs) My small guilty pleasure. So, like, my first small guilty pleasure is, like, buying gifts for myself. Because I feel like as an adult, it's so hard to buy gifts for other adults, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you don't know what they want, what they've been, like, 
secretly eyeballing for and you like, don't want to get them just nothing nothing or or, or like you don't want to get them nothing but you also don't want to get them something that they're going to be like thanks and then like throw in a box somewhere to mm-hmm. never use or like donate in right here or whatever and so i've been i'm like a huge proponent of like treat yourself and like buy yourself gifts so i'd have gotten myself like these new ginkgo i have been trust i've been staring at them the whole time they're gorgeous these new ginkgo earrings that i bought for myself are a gift for me. They're I found so them on Etsy, and they're so fucking cute. They and are. I love them so much. I bought myself ginkgo earrings, and I also bought myself new Tevas, because mm. I fucking love Tevas. These ones have cactuses on them, <laughs> and I'm so excited because I fucking love cactuses. So, like, yeah, it's my birthday week, and I've been treating myself and just having a ball. That's very fun. But then my other small guilty pleasure is I've been watching, I just finished the season of Big Flower Fight. Have you heard of this? I have. You just sent me a thing, like a, a snap oh, yeah. of it, because we were doing that thing where it's like you want to reply to a snap, so you yeah, just take yeah. a picture of a TV, and then I was like, are you watching Midsummer?" Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, no, it's Big Flower Fight. <laughs> it is actually Big Flower Fight. Yeah. No, I've, I've been watching Big Flower Fight. It's kind of like um, Big British Bake Off. Mm-hmm. Um, but about flowers. So, like, they have to design these giant sculptures made with plants instead of, like, making a bunch of, like, shoe pastry or cakes or pies or whatever. And then that reminded me of, like, I just am really a big fan of those, like, calm British cooking slash competition shows. Absolutely. I didn't. Absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't realize how much I loved them until, like, we we do a friendsgiving. Me and two other friends. We do a friendsgiving, and one year it was my turn to do the, the turkey, and so like you know you're stressing out about like is it too dry? Is it not gonna be cooked on time? I have these other sides that I have to do at the same time, and I don't have the oven space. And I turned on Great British Bake Off that day, and I watched like an entire series in one day, like while I'm literally cooking, the biggest meal of the year, right? And so I just love these British cooking shows because it's not like Chopped or Iron Chef or whatever where it's all like slice and like angry music and dramatics and stuff. These British cooking shows, even though I know Britain has its own like slew of social issues and like they're not as like dainty and gentlemanly as their shows would maybe like you to think that they are, Mm -hmm. um, these shows are so calming and they usually have like very chill music and it's just like people rearranging flowers or like mixing dough and even when they get upset they're like oh bother like this didn't go the way that I wanted it to be. And also if the other thing not to jump in on your small guilty Mm -hmm. pleasure but whenever somebody has a hard time or messes up it's not like ha 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 now I'm gonna win it's like how can I help? Yeah. In one of the episodes of Big Flower Fight, one of the teams, because of their teams of, like, people um, designing these flowers, one of the teams, they have to build this thing on, like, a straight up and down pole. And it has to be, like, 10 feet tall, Hmm. full of flowers. So it's going to be, like, tons of weight. And they propped theirs up on, like, a stake and their stake starts breaking, and every other team comes and leaves their project behind to come hold up this literal giant flower crab that this person is making. And I was like, man, that is so 
different. You don't see that in a lot of other competition shows where somebody leaves their competitive piece to help another co- right. like a competitor. And even then, the person whose crab it was was like, okay, everyone step back. Like, if you don't leave right now, you're, it's going to collapse and we're all going to get hurt. And I don't want that to happen. So just everyone leave. I know that it's going to destroy my piece that I'm making. But that's more important. Like, you being safe is more important than my piece being show-worthy. And so everyone did, and it crashed to the ground, and they got eliminated. But, like, that was so kind. And just, like, that is such a fun, chill way to calm down. And Mm -hmm. so I've been watching that this whole week and I watched the whole season this week and it is just I also I'm just like such a slut for plants I am like yes you are (laughs) hashtag proud plant mom I love my plants I have so many plants and I'm always just like fussing over them and like making sure that they're good and they have enough water and not too much water and like oh you're getting kind of root bound let's move you to another place and so big flower fight is even more of like totally in my wheelhouse and it was very fun I liked it a lot I love it. Yeah, I'll definitely have to watch it because mm-hmm. I'm just a slut for people supporting each other yeah. at the like sacrifice of their own success. We need more of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't say absolutely like that. It's like, Rocky. It's I, the Rocky thing now. Sarah, I know. That's also, why it's in my brain. Can I say another one of my small guilty pleasures is that Kelly is now fucking obsessed with Rocky Four, and she's so into it, and I feel like this is partly my fault, and I am it is so one. <laughs> here for it. It is 1,000% your fault. I love it. It was one of those things, like, this is also a small guilty pleasure of mine, is when you start watching something and you're not sure what to expect, and then all of a sudden you're like, ooh, oh, okay, I like this, what's, oh, and, like, it just keeps surprising you, and that was all of the things happening the first time I watched Rocky Four for our Rocky mm-hmm. episode, I just kept being like, everything that's happening is so much my shit, and I, I didn't take as many notes because I was just like, like, Elbows on my knees, leaning forward, like, this cannot be a real movie. I'm in love. That is so fun. And so, yeah, last week, I I made myself a date. I set up my projector again, and I was like, Rocky Four, here we go. Let's buckle up. And, yeah. That's you so did exciting. This. That's so, no, I'm so excited. And that's always, like, the goal anyway. When you are when you become so obsessed with something, you're always wanting to get, like, infect other people with it. Like, yeah. I am so obsessed with this. You have to also be obsessed with this. So I have someone to talk to, and I'm so glad that I did this, too. Except Rocky Four is not at the top of yours, but that's It's fine. not my favorite one. It's a good one. I feel like your enthusiasm for it is making me feel more enthusiastic for it. So that's fine. That's okay. Okay. Everybody. Yeah. Breathe. breath in. Inhale to expand. Exhale and deflate. Okay. Thank you for listening to our episode. Episode 9. Look at that. We've gotten so many episodes in. Next week is going to be number 10. That's so exciting. (laughs) And then the next week, 11. Whatever. It's fine. I'm trying to celebrate our... I'm celebrating with you. Well, that's fine. It's okay. (laughs) So thank you to the Legal Immigrants for their use of our theme song, Panacea. 
Also, we haven't mentioned it in a while, but please go give a listen to their new single, Mr. Picture, is on Spotify, and it's come up, like, every day for me on my Spotify playlist. It's so, so, so good. It sounds like it's from another era. It definitely has, like, a super Beatles vibe. Yep. I definitely get like strong Beatles. And I and maybe I'm just saying that because I know that they've posted videos where like a t- literal toddler was listening to their song and went like, "This is the Beatles." And I was like, "Yeah, you're right, toddler child. I also believe this is no, the Beatles." No, like t- kids are dumb as hell and if a kid is like, "This is the Beatles," then it's the Beatles. Yeah, it yeah. does. They do sound very much th- and that's but like I, good Beatles, not fucked up Beatles. That's what like, I love about them though is they're so eclectic. Just mm-hmm. the legal immigrants in general. They can go from like rocker to like rockabilly to like Beatles to they're just so But eclectic. no matter what, every song is a bop. Every song is a bop. They're on Numerous of their tunes are on my now. I have a Bop Machine playlist on Spotify, and it's Mr. Picture features heavily in that playlist. So thank you, thank you, Legal Immigrants. We love you so much. And also thank you to Melophobics for their song Tortuga, which is our pause music, which I'm pretty sure we used quite a bit. And also <laughs> my my uh, other small guilty pleasure is Melophobics because my view of summer is like driving with the windows down playing ska music mm-hmm. which anytime i have to leave my house i'm just like i need melophobics and it's just them i am on such a kick because they scream summer fun do you know me. which one of their songs that i super super love and has Tell been me. popping up a bunch is waves i love waves. i love waves it gets me like in such a dancey mood i love dancing and waves yes. gets me there Oh, yeah. It has, like, that breakdown. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll use that, like, part of that for, like, our second break. Ooh. That'll be fun. Oh, did you see they did a cover of BYOB by System of a Down? Yes. And System of a Down's bass player re-grammed them on Instagram and was like, this is the best cover we've ever heard. Ah! I did see I did see that. They got noticed, but I didn't see, like, how well they had yes. got noticed. by somebody in System of a Down was like, this fucking slaps. This is the best cover of BYOB I've ever heard. That's so cool. Good for them. I'm yes. so excited. So good for them. So. We just love, they're all, like, legal immigrants and melophobics are all such good, good boys. Mm-hmm. And we just love them so much. And you can find them, if you want to find them on Instagram, you can find them at Legal Immies for legal immigrants or at Melophobics Music for the Melophobics guys. And if you'd like to talk to us, we never ever get any emails. But if you would like to email us, you can find us at can.we.just.saypodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on our Instagram. And some of you are interacting on our Instagram and we're so excited. We love to see you. Play with us. Yes, come play with us in the space. Our Instagram is also can.we.just.say. On Instagram, come find us. I work very hard on all of our stupid picture posts for all of Kelly's Sarah. beautiful edited episodes. I'm so excited. None of them are stupid. I love every drop of the creativity okay. you put into our. A lot of them are like real weird, but I'm trying. Sarah, very we're hard. real weird. I know, but I hope everyone likes our weirdness. I hope that you do. If cause... you don't, fuck you. <laughs> I'll say it. I don't care. <laughs> We're cool as hell. And if we you're not are. on board, why did you just listen to 
two hours and 23 minutes of us. Oh, my God. Us. That's so much. But I don't... There's nothing to cut. We're so fun. <laughs> we haven't said it in a while, but we're very funny. We're really funny. Not this episode so much. We got, like, very emotional and in our own heads, but that's fine. We're also very fun <laughs> and interesting, and you should enjoy listening to us. Also, I've had a lot of wine. Sarah has discovered there's a dry box of rosé. Oh, so. my God. Did you know Boda Box makes dry rosé? You do now. It's hey, so good. Boda Box, sponsor us. Oh, I would be into that. Hey, Boda Box. Wink. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. I, I'm going to go put Sarah to bed. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> oh, no. I said bye again. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you.